Shall we clop? Did you say clop? Shall we clop? You want to clop? Are you getting into into like horseplay now too? No, uh Is that what the clop is? That's how is? that's how Roger Waters from Pink Floyd says clap. Let the let us clop. Well, I think we, we now have confirmation. Roger Waters from Pink Floyd is into horseplay. I mean... I don't know what the actual term for it is, but there's people that dress up like horses for sexy times. It's true. <laughs> now when I hear family members say, my kids like the horseplay, I'm going to think of this conversation. It's ruined. I can't remember. You know what? I'm going to look it up. Oh my Horse God. Are you really going to do this? Kink. It's my 100th episode. Pony play. It's called pony play. Pony play. Pony play. Isn't that though associated with the uh, little, little, my little pony? No. Here's the thing. Okay. <clears throat> so I only know this because my children were super into my little pony back in the day. Okay. Um, my little pony friendship is magic. It's actually a really fucking great show. You guys, I am here to advocate for my little pony. Um, but no, there's a, there's a wild ass fandom that built up around it called the bronies, right? The bronies. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. And just like, just like the stigma that all furries are just in it for the kink. Um, and are just like wildly fucking in their multi-thousand dollar fursuits. Um, the the idea that the bronies are just want to like fuck candy colored ponies is not that's not true, that's not a thing. Mm-hmm. It's not brony is just a term that was created for to make it acceptable for male presenting people to be openly fans of My Little Pony. People are weird. They had to bro it up, yeah. And I think that's sad. I think you could just be a fan. Well, it's I'm not. It's I'm not saying there's pe- no creeps, but yeah. that's not the predominant. It, it's because people are so goddamn judgmental. You have to create some kind of like label to def- to defend yourself against that kind of judgment. And I respect. You mean like the kind of judgment you just threw by connecting My Little Pony fandom to Pony Play Kink? That judgment. That's not judgment. That's celebrating. Oh. i'm not saying there aren't people in pony play who may pattern some of their gear after my little pony i don't know i'm not in the circles i think that would actually be adorable uh but it's not my thing thank you though yeah i i mean i guess i'll find out in a few weeks we're having a furry convention there's a furry convention happening yeah Okay. I thought I thought you were like i've got a hot date with somebody who wants me to be rainbow dash Look, the you know furry what? community is actually really, really endearing. I, it's, it's fucking cute. Oh yeah, yeah. No, um, you know, it's funny because in Texas, I never met one I liked. <laughs> uh, but ra- but around here, there's uh, the community is super, super awesome, and I'm, and mm-hmm. I'm here to celebrate them because, man, you know, as long as you're not hurting hurting anybody and everybody's a consenting adult, if you find your jam right. and you're into it, fucking do it. Right. Like the, the, the furry thing is no, is really ultimately no different other than they actually work a lot harder at it than us when we were running around pretending to be vampires and werewolves. Exactly. It's just, it's role play, but it's role play with an enormous amount of craft skill and commitment and funding and like, look, furries work for it, man. And they're not boning in those costumes. Those costumes are too fucking precious. They're too fucking expensive. People who think that the furries are boning in their costumes are the same people who think that drag queens are grooming kids. Yeah. It's it's just fucking get your mind out of the gutter. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure there are exceptions, shit dirty but... That's not. Yeah, I'm sure there are exceptions, but yeah, no. No, no, well, no, yeah. no, no. 
You spend too nope. much money and time on that costume. You're not going to fuck it up. Sorry. Exactly. Anyway, hey, welcome to our 100th episode where we talk about pony play and furry. <laughs> you know, I, I was going to class it up. I was going to tell you, Steph, maybe uh, maybe for the first time ever, we try something different and not talk about <laughs> sex and not use vulgar nope, language. No, nope, we need to dance with the bitch that brought us, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am going to take the high road for, high road for this episode. Oh, okay. Sure. We're talking about Darth Vader today. No, you're fucking not. <laughs> you know me too well. <laughs> uh-huh, we've met. Uh, hey, do you want to... Should we intro a show? Oh, wanna... God. Oh, God. Oh, God. We're going to yeah, do it's our... Happening. It's one, happening. It's We're going to do our 100th Dark Side Divas intro. Oh, my God. Oh my Are God, you ready? Oh, my God. Oh my God. Uh, no, now you're making me feel weird about it. I don't remember what I'm supposed to say. Um. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to... Dark Side Divas, the 100th episode. See, now I've made it awkward. The 100th episode of Dark Side Divas, the podcast where a woman and a gay man express their opinions about Star Wars. My name is Stephanie. I'm the woman half of the show, and I'm fighting really hard against the imposter syndrome that says I didn't actually achieve this. So, (laughs) good times. Hey, everybody. Uh, For the 100th time, I'm Chris. I'm that gay man, and I'm a giant slut. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember anybody saying that in obi-wan can oh are you getting oh, to that oh okay, uh, yeah yeah, yeah. and uh okay. stephanie <clears throat> huh he's coming master <laughs> <laughs> i should have known um oh i should i really should have known I, I somehow I did not pick that one out. It's crazy. So I was rewatching the episode last night with my partner. In the moment Obi Wan says that at the very beginning, I can feel the eye turn to me, <laughs> and he's like, "That's the one you're going to use, aren't you?" And I'm like, "No, no, no. Let's let's uh let's keep watching. Let's keep watch the mind. whole episode. I may change my yeah. mind." He's like, "No, you're going to use that one." So he's right. <laughs> I mean, what else are you going to use? Like, I am what you made me. Like, I didn't know. It's not. I've been watching you, third sister. <laughs> Ooh, no, you're right. That's a strong second place. Yeah, that was yeah. that was my second place. Anyway, um, so do we have anything before we get into what we're doing here today? Do we want to talk about this hundredth episode thing? I'm I am overwhelmed emotionally, and I feel like if I dwell too much on it, I'm going to break down and cry. Steph, this week has been from a fandom perspective. All of my fandoms have blown up. Oh, yeah. The, you know, the Ant-Man trailer dropped and, mm. you know, there is the sexiest. We're, we're Team Kang, right? Like, uh, I mean, Scott and all, but we'll talk Team about Kang. that more in Marvelous Divas, but okay, we're, okay, okay. we're Team Kang. He does nothing wrong. Please nope. uh, marry me. Uh, but <laughs> so, but Can naturally, you? Okay. naturally, because there's a person of color, uh, there's controversy to oh, from the bigots, fuck. right? Really? Yeah. Uh, my wrestling fandom, uh, Steph, I've shared you the news. WWE is oh, yeah. kind of in a state of flux right now, and there's all kinds of drama with that. Uh, my tabletop fandom, Wizards of the Coast, are shooting oh, yeah. themselves in the fucking foot over and over again. And is then, there maybe a, a beloved ride somewhere on Disney that's going to get bulldozed? Is it? Oh is God, the Disney, Disney parks, the Disneyland fan, uh, the Disneyland fandoms freaking out about Splash Mountain and a, and oh, a, God. a goddamn restaurant being closed, remade, a fucking okay. restaurant. Yeah. Oh. Oh, and and they're upset that another restaurant's been closed that nobody goes to. Uh, and then and then of course this week we have the Bad Batch drama that is uh, important but also dumb. 
depending on <laughs> depending on how you communicate with it. So um, I, I'm going to keep this high level and vague because um, I got I have all kinds of feelings about it right now, but I don't want to talk about it until we get to Bad Batch. Um, but this weekend is Martin Luther King weekend. It is true, and I would strongly recommend <laughs> anybody that wants to advocate for a better world to use that man as a template. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he took the high road at all times, much to his detriment. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you want to, if you want to create change in this world, you got to use compassion. You got to build bridges. You got to when someone is willing to change their mind, you got to extend your hand out and grab it and hold their hand and guide them. Guide them to the promised land. And so that's all I'm going to say about that. I think that social media is a terrible fucking place to have any kind of serious conversation. And I think that some causes are worthy of having in-depth, nuanced conversation. That's all I'm going to say. While I agree with all of that, um, I am a petty bitch. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, I, I, I'm a te- I I'm personally terrible. will not be taking your advice. No. Um. Uh, <laughs> look, some... Let's be honest here, Steph. We mm. sometimes have a bad day, and we bad like bitches to eat. have bad days too. Yeah, and uh, we use trolls like a punching bag. <laughs> is it is it using them when they present their faces for the punch uh, and like want you to do it? Because seriously, uh, most of the troll comments I get, it's really swiftly obvious that they want me to step on their neck. Like that's why they're saying it. I mean, it's because you're hot. I, you know, yeah. I can't disagree with that. Um, <clears throat> so, hey, uh, we we did 100 episodes. <laughs> I don't know how to talk about this. Um, did you think I, we would get here? No. No. No, absolutely not. No, this is not. So, we don't look, y'all. I don't want to talk about the number of ambitious live action role playing games Christopher and I launched. And then discarded before they were completed. Like, we've never, uh, we've worked together on a lot of stuff. We've completed nothing. Yeah. Like, we, we've, we've achieved no benchmarks. <laughs> no, <laughs> we've accomplished no nothing with our lives. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, I mean, we have, you, know, you and I are both, you know, a- accomplished people in our own right. But when it comes to, like, doing a creative pursuit together, or or on our own like that's not that's not something like, yeah i i have an unfinished novel you know like it's just that and i'm not saying we're done this is not like the, I'm, do, please do not think that i'm hinting that this is the final episode it's not we have so far to go we're so far to go <laughs> but i'm just i i guess i'm just astonished by us and proud of us that we got here uh, and i can say that because it's of us and not just me yeah, uh, um, never did I, I was think talking we would... about me. I couldn't say it. <laughs> um, so. Never did I believe we would have an audience. I didn't right? believe we would have fucking patrons that buy our content <laughs> and interact <laughs> with us on Discord. I never fucking thought we would get patrons. I never thought we would get messages from our listeners who, you know, send us pictures of their babies and right oh <sighs> and, and tell us some heartbreaking stories about how they're going through a rough time and our podcast, you know, brings them some joy. Like that's 
I never thought that we would be like helping people. Yeah, no, or, I would never. I, <laughs> <laughs> I never saw never. us as a force for good in the world. Uh, so that has been a happy accident, and I'm very glad. Yeah, uh, and, for I'm, that. and I'm super thankful and proud of us yeah. too. Us. Um, if I say me, I would see. Yeah, see. Yeah. This is we're the same. You and me. It's almost like we've been friends for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Oi to the vey. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So uh, I'm I'm curious to see what life will be like when we get to episode 200. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, we'll be in a different era of Star Wars by then. Ah, <laughs> uh, we should know. be. We should be. Um, I don't know. Rebels is really long. So we'll Rebels see. is a long one. <laughs> well, there's Rebels, and then I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, then we got to deal with Resistance. I don't know how long. I don't think that show's very long by comparison to the other shows. And then, right. you know, by then, God only knows how many seasons of Mandalorian. and, and We're not going to get to Resistance for a long time. I know. I know. Unless, unless Mandalorian just keeps going forever. Yeah. You know, because like we've got, yeah, girl, we got to get through Obi-Wan and then the droids cartoon and then Solo. <laughs> the droids cartoon? <laughs> oh, yeah. The droids are in trouble again, baby. We're not doing the droids cartoon. We're not I'm doing not. the droids cartoon. No. But then, you know, there's the original trilogy and the Ewok movies and then the Ewok cartoon. The Ewok and- movies. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's Mandalorian and there's Book of Boba Fett and like. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. Um, you know, if Steph makes me watch a goddamn Ewok movie, <laughs> I'm making her watch goddamn Gilmore Girls, and that's going to be that. <laughs> oh, don't, don't, please, please don't ever make me watch Gilmore Girls. I'm going to hurt your feelings, and I don't want to do that. You do it all the time. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but not about something that you legitimately love and care about. Look, I'm I look, y'all. I can't tell you how many times I'm like I'm having a good day at Disneyland and I'm hanging out with my boys and I'm just like, oh, everything's great, life is great. And I'm in line for Space Mountain. And I check my phone and I see Stephanie's message. What were you doing in the background? What's that crazy fucking noise? Oh my god, you're terrible. And it's like I feel terrible now. I feel horrible. to be clear i don't tell you you're terrible because i don't have to i know you'll tell yourself Um, (laughs) but i'm like hey buddy stop actually fist fighting your microphone during recording that'd be great that'd be great if you could just not do that that'd be great (sighs) being partners like (laughs) business partners has been so so amazing (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Anyway, so, um, I mean, happy 100th episode, Heather. I can't believe, <laughs> I cannot believe we're here. I can't either. And, and I, I can use our partnership to put even the tiniest grim cloud on your fucking Disney day. Yahtzee. Good. Yeah. Yes. That's the dark side talking. Um, <laughs> I, but, you know, the thing I've noticed, especially this week, uh, is how popular we are with other podcasts i i don't understand that at all and it makes me uncomfortable but you know keep going guys but like yeah no um you know i love that uh arboreal bukkake and castle sex toy (laughs) and various other sayings are being utilized as part of common star wars fan nomenclature so i'm here for it yay yay we've added to we've added to the lexicon i'm sure lucasfilm uh, is uh frothing at the mouth to hire us <laughs> <'Cause> we, we add <laughs> so much quality and value to their ip 
<laughs> frothing like a broken milk bottle that's been shaken up. Is that where we're going here? Oh, that's a good one, Steph. Good job. Hey. You have been watching the gay porn clips I've been sending you. <laughs> uh, it's frothy. Okay. Um, <laughs> do you have anything else before we get into... Do you remember Santorum? Do you remember that, that phrase? I do remember. Yeah. I remember Rick Santorum, the reason the word was invented. Ugh, what a prick. All right. What an asshole. Anyway, anyway, we're not we're not here to talk about Santorum. No, right? but you can Google Please. that, kids. You'll thank me later. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun story. Okay. So do you have anything else before we get into why we're here today? Let's fucking do it. I'm ready. All right. So what we are doing on this podcast, what we have been doing for a hundred episodes now is we are watching through the entire Star Wars visual story in chronological order, which means that we started with episode one, The Phantom Menace, and have been sashaying away through time uh, <laughs> to find ourselves now, today, finally in the Imperial era, and what a happy era it is, <laughs> in Obi-Wan Kenobi, part three. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, God. Uh, Chris, do you have like an intro or something? <clears throat> Dark truth revealed. Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi, while saving Princess Leia, makes a perilous escape from the planet Dayu. But the former Jedi Master now knows the truth, that his former Padawan and brother, Anakin Skywalker, is alive. What will happen when these two former friends turn enemies clash? Also, is Ned B single? I need to be held, protected, and cuddled. <laughs> <laughs> same right same uh i think before we jump into this episode i have a question for you oh okay i might have an answer let's find let's out let's do it uh, so we talked previously about how surprised we were that princess leia is like front and center in the show we right. had no idea exactly did, at, on, along the same lines did you think we were going to get this much vader i not to this extent. Like, I knew it was going to be a factor. Right. Obviously, because, but I didn't think, I didn't think, because what the, what I feel like this entire series is doing is taking that one line, uh, from A New Hope where Vader says, I have a presence I have not felt since a dot, dot, dot. And then he stalks dramatically away. Right. Um, I feel like this series is like, let's fill in the dot, dot, dot. Right. What, since what, Vader? Since. Since you terrorized him on Mon Mapuzo? Or is there more? Like, I really did not think we would get this whole arc for Kenobi for and for Vader and for their conflict. I, did, I just, what a horrifyingly pleasant surprise. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is a horror, this episode is a horror movie. And, yes. you know, yes. it. This is one of the reasons why I love this show. This show so much. It's it's fearless. It is completely mm -hmm. fearless. It's unafraid to use these classic characters and put them in totally different situations and show where they're at in their evolution. Because in this episode, we're not dealing with the Darth Vader of A New Hope. We're dealing with no. a much younger Vader who <sighs> is still so Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. And yeah. and we'll talk about that, but yeah. The Anakin Skywalker side is strong with him. Still, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so before we get into the episode, uh, we do have a new writer added to the team for this one. Oh. 
And here's the thing, and this was something that Charles from Gold Squadron Gaze pointed out in our Patreon Discord chat, Ooh. where he, uh, <laughs> if y'all don't know, uh, Charles from Gold Squadron Gaze uh, is a good friend of the show, and he's in our Patreon Discord, and every episode, he does a whole separate thread where he just listens through the episode and annoys the shit out of Chris by, like, pointing out shit that we missed or giving deeper Legends lore or comics lore and stuff like that to it. I love it. It's and I I love it mostly because ha 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 Chris and and that and that tickles me. Um, but no, Charles pointed out that just because all these writers are listed for these episodes doesn't mean that they were all like sitting together in a room singing Kumbaya and working together to create the story. Right. These were writers that were attached to it at different times. And so they're not exactly working as a collaborative team, but. The finished product, I feel, is a a sort of a melange, a, <laughs> an amalgamation, if you will, of their combined voices in the story. Like the original drafts of this script were much darker, um, darker than this. I so, can't imagine. Know. Yeah, uh, I feel like the mouse probably read some of that and went, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Yeah, and they were like, how, "We're how never going to we tone it down a little. <laughs> we're never going to do a dark Star Wars show that includes prostitutes and death and misery." Not and yet. Prisons. Anyway, Not we got to warm anyway. up to that shit. Yeah, we got to warm up. We got to lube ourselves yeah. up for that. Yeah. And you guys are the lube, okay? So how about <laughs> how about we tone it down? Um, anyway, so the new writer who's added to the team for this one is a lady by the name of Hannah Friedman. And uh, she's written for a handful of TV series like Wet Hot American Summer First Day of Camp. It's a really long name. I've never uh, seen it. I Yeah. Uh, about a boy, Trolls, The Beat Goes On, okay. this, and also Willow, ah! for which she is also a co-executive producer. Have you seen that show, Steph? Um, yeah. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not done. I'm not done with it. Okay. Okay. Uh, I say I've nothing. I've been enjoying it. Uh, but at the first few episodes, I enjoyed it in spite of itself. <laughs> yeah, it needed. <laughs> but one, it, well, there was one character I fell in love with immediately. Um, uh, is it Borman? Uh, fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck yeah! It's Borman. It's the Borman show, as far as I'm concerned. Everyone else is just his backup dancers. <laughs> <laughs> but it did get better. It did get a lot better. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway, so uh, welcome to the show, Hannah Friedman. Uh, as we get into uh, the episode, uh, our first shot is of Obi-Wan meditating in the cargo transport, the automated cargo transport on which they have um, escaped from Dayu and they're on their way to Mapuzo. And it occurred to me, they're really lucky that there's any air inside this ship. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because like, these ships are designed to be uh, unmanned. Right. So, you like, need why oxygen. is there life support? Right. Why is there oxygen? Why are you warm? <laughs> like, <laughs> why are you warm? Yeah, you know, because well, space is cold. Mm -hmm. You need to artificially create. What you know? What Fast and Furious, Star Wars, space magic. We move on, <laughs> but they're really lucky. <laughs> well, Leia's really small, and she doesn't, you know, take up that much oxygen. And I'm sure and Obi it's a pretty big transport. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the flight's probably not that long, but still. Well, not if you ask. But not still. if you ask Leia. <laughs> right. Are we there yet? Anyway, so Obi Wan is meditating in his miraculously oxygenated environment, and he is quietly calling out to Qui Gon Jinn. Mm -hmm. Quietly calling out to his master, trying to meditate, trying to focus on the Force, but he can't because he keeps hearing 
All these voices, like Reva, telling him that Anakin is still alive. Obi-Wan. <laughs> Which, pause. Pause Obi-Wan in his scene. I'm so mad at myself. Because last episode, I missed the perfect opportunity with Reva going, Obi-Wan, to make a Warriors come out to play <laughs> joke. And I didn't, and I'm kicking myself. Can you dig it? <laughs> <laughs> The movie's a classic, children. Go watch it. I uh, also anyway, recommend the video game, which is really good. It's so fun. Yeah. And, <laughs> anyway, and racist ow. and violent, but whatever. It was the 80s. Yeah. Anyway. Cocaine, so, brother. Yeah. <laughs> cocaine, brother. <laughs> Obi-Wan is trying to focus. He can't. He hears Reva telling him that Anakin is still alive. He hears Yoda warning him that looking into what Anakin has done will only cause him pain. Mm. He hears. He hears Qui-Gon's voice making him promise to train the boy. All of these things. And then we start getting Anakin's voice. Clips from Revenge of the Sith. The last words that Obi-Wan heard Anakin saying. All those hurtful, horrible things on Mustafar. Intercut with shots of... Is that Vader? Is yeah. that Vader getting suited up? Yeah, the anxiety... I remember seeing this for the first time and just, like, I didn't breathe. I'm like, what is oh happening right now? Um, the dread. The, the dread. The dread. The horror. <sighs> because last episode ended on a shot of Vader waking up in the tank, right? Mm -hmm. Looking like the monster he is. Because mm -hmm. that's the cool thing about the dark side of the force. It does warp you to look like what you are on the inside, yeah. eventually. Some way, one way or another. Um, and yet, somehow, Dooku's still hot. Yeah, yeah. Space, yeah. Uh, that's, space that's the Nazi, Christopher though. Lee of it all. That, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's a monster. He's a monster. He's Scrooge McDuck McDucking around <laughs> and, all his, and all of his stolen millions. But I still, still can't believe anyway. they changed my headcanon just like that. God. <laughs> it's almost like they don't give a fuck what you I think. Know. <laughs> <laughs> We've done 100 anyway. episodes. Come on, Lucasfilm. We're entitled. Come <laughs> Pay on. Pay attention. Anyway, so Anakin's voice intercut with, yeah, clips of Vader getting suited up. Now, we have had hints of this in the past. Yeah. Right? Like, um, God, was it A New Hope? Somewhere uh, in the Empire original Strikes trilogy. Back. Empire Strikes Well, I mean, come on, man. I haven't watched these movies in years. Anyway, so, yeah, we've seen hints of what it takes to get Vader suited up. And, like, it's a whole process. Mm -hmm. um, and clearly automated. Like, it's all droids doing this. There's not, like humans no no and <laughs> what you but, want i mean i i would be glad to help i would i, would, I yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah but uh, as we've seen from the vader comics he doesn't respond well to humans involved in this process no and by the way i am reading uh his comics right now he is fucking hilarious when he wants to be <laughs> if you have a really just, fucked up dark sense of humor like i do just the funniest genocidal maniac okay so <laughs> that much, is yeah. And we'll get into who's in that. Like, we know who that is. Um, but I don't know why I'm playing coy. That's Hayden Christensen in full, like, torso makeup. And, like, wow. Um, congratulations. Like, that's him. It's not yeah, another actor playing Vader. It's him. It's actually him. That's him, him. Yeah. And we'll get more into that later. Mm -hmm. um, but it says in my nudes, my nudes? Your nudes? <laughs> that was a Freudian slip because it says, not in my nudes, but in my notes, it says, OMG, why is this hot? <laughs> Vader, Vader getting suited up. It's kind of hot. 
the breathing uh, the breathing at the end oh yeah uh-huh. oh yeah uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah sorry not sorry mm-hmm. that was um yeah anyway um but you you gotta wonder like how much of that that menace and that dread that we've been uh, artfully interrupting by talking about all kinds of other shit while trying to describe it happening how much of that menace and that dread was coming through to obi-wan in his meditation all of it yeah because he stops his eyes open and he says he's coming master and he's terrified and so am i just fucking <clears throat> terrified Anyway, we cut from that to Darth <laughs> Vader doing a power strut on Mustafar. Again, uh, the drama of the Sith. Do you <laughs> Just... have to wear your Do you have to wear your cape indoors? Like, yeah. Like really? Yeah. Okay. If you have been look, this man built his private abode overlooking the very lava flows that destroyed him Mm -hmm. where last he confronted his master in a duel to the death or at least mostly dismemberment yes the person who built his home here wears his cape indoors so you're suggesting he may be harboring harboring some feelings of resentment (laughs) i think he's got a lot to unpack and like work (laughs) through preferably with a professional (laughs) Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I, I don't remember if it was my partner or somebody else when I was watching one of my watch streets of this episode this week. Uh, but I can, I, I have told people in the past that my co-host can hold a grudge. And, yeah. and so my yeah. friend was like, unlimited carrying capacity for grudges. Yep. Yeah. So somebody said, so is she building a castle where she was almost burned to death, <laughs> uh, holding a grudge level? And I'm like, Yeah. Yeah. If she could, she would. Yeah. <laughs> All I lack is the funding. Okay. <laughs> well, why don't you count Dooku it up, girl? Come on. Right? Right. Because I'm not that good with spreadsheets. Let's okay. get some ice. Let's do it. So, Vader gets on a Zoom call with Riva. And this is where he expresses concern uh, mm-hmm. for the Grand Inquisitor and... <laughs> So, I can't even finish that. <laughs> this moment, do you remember? Do you remember back in the day when Stone Cold Steve Austin was at his peak in the WWE? He had this bit that he did where he would ask somebody a question, like, "Well, what do you think about this?" And they would start to answer, and he goes, "I don't care what you think." Oh, that's <laughs> just the rock. Off. That's the rock. Yeah. Oh, is it the rock? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. It doesn't matter what you. It doesn't think. matter what you think. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so that was the vibe that I got from this conversation. That's exactly uh, <laughs> how I felt, too. Uh, Vader's like, oh, yeah, whatever. Where is he? Where is Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi? And Reva's like, right. uh. Because <laughs> Reva's like, um, so we're still looking for him. He will pay for what he did to the Grand Inquisitor. She's clearly pinning the Grand Inquisitor's injury on Obi-Wan. Right. And Vader's like, I don't give a fuck about him. <laughs> I do not care about the Grand Inquisitor. Where's Kenobi? And he does not care. He doesn't. Mm-mm. Nope. He does not. The Grand Inquisitor is not important. Only finding Kenobi is important. Uh, just, mm. At least he has his priorities uh, set straight, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm down. Yeah. So <laughs> he says, I've been watching you, third sister. Mm-hmm. I know what it is you seek. Prove yourself. And the position of Grand Inquisitor is yours. And then there's a pause because drama. Yeah. And he says, Fail me and you will not live to regret it. 
That's the Sith version of a compliment sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> That's the shit sandwich, right? Yeah, like- basically, it's like, I'll give you more power, but if you fuck up, you're dead. You know, it's like, okay. Right. Like, maybe you don't actually want new assignments in a Sith organization because everything comes with, but you'll die. <laughs> We we but had her- the remember remember a long time ago um we had this running joke where the last job you want on a star destroyer that Vader's on is to be admiral right and so it was uh-huh. like shit I'm next in line you janitor you're <laughs> you're you're captain now congratulations <laughs> on your field promotion you are now the admiral right. I quit I quit you go tell Vader <laughs> go tell Vader yeah oh by the way we messed this one thing up you you may want to let him know. If you're transparent about it, he'll be totally cool. He'll love it. It'll be great. Anyway, um, Reva's face when he says this is downright greedy. Oh, yeah. Like she's hungry for it. Uh, and then he hangs up on the call and he goes to get to gaze moodily out the window like you do. And did you notice that the windows in Vader's house gaze out upon the planet and look like what it must be like to view from inside Vader's helmet? Yep. Did you also notice how he stood up? He, uh, no. He stood up like a goddamn that. robot. He stood up like a Terminator. Huh. Yeah. So they, Well, I mean, that makes sense because he's like uh, more machine than man now. Yeah, exactly. I was uh, just reading a lot of different articles in preparation for this. Um, you know, one thing we need to note, first of all, is the voice of Vader. Yes. Uh, James Earl Jones uh, makes his return, but they did some technological stuff where it's it's Hayden Christensen and James Earl Jones speaking at once and they kind of like yeah. they kind of layer it a little bit I love it I fucking mm-hmm. love it it makes on headphones at least it makes his voice sound a lot more intense which I don't know if I need that but there it is I I needed it I needed it real bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no um I also was doing was reading some stuff that James Earl Jones didn't record all of the lines no. spoken by Vader in this show. Uh, they used um, basically a, an audio AI yeah. to analyze his previous Vader voice acting and recreate some of the some of the dialogue. Right, for Vader right. Here. Um, they worked extensively with Hayden Christensen on movement um, because he is a cyborg for all intents and purposes. So. He has to, he can't walk just like a, a regular person because he doesn't have knees and he doesn't have uh, well, regular arms. he has arms, knees, you know? but they're robotic. Yeah, they're, I mean, and so you're going to move differently than the normal. So they spent a lot of time with him on all of the mm-hmm. movements, the standing up out of the seat, like the way he did. That's not an easy thing to do. That requires really awesome uh, back leg muscles and a lower back muscle. Uh, yeah. it's just so a, that was probably not actually Hayden Christensen. No, it was. That. Uh, because I don't know if you know this stuff, but Hayden Christensen is a goddamn athlete. I am aware of that. I'm saying that there is a performance artist credited for Darth Vader. Oh, I'm I, I'm sure. I'm sure. But okay. that scene in particular was him. I was reading too much about this show. Okay. Um, okay. Hayden Christensen is a farmer. Uh, he likes to work out. And um, shirtless Hayden Christensen win? Hmm? Come on, Disney. Come on. It's not going to happen. No, he's not that guy. He's not that guy. No, he's not. Um, But no, I do think that for the – look, I couldn't tell you when. Um, Maybe uh, probably later when when his height is more of a factor. Yeah. There is a performance artist for Darth Vader. His name is Demetrius Bistrevsky. And he's hot. I'm going to send you a picture right now. Oh. Oh. You would have to – 
the spelling of that name, by the way. Holy crap. Uh, yeah. I could never... Um, oh, here's this picture. I could never pronounce it. <gasps> yeah. I have yeah. A, I have a new husband. <laughs> How tall is oh, he? Oh, it gets better. It, I'm getting to it. Um, so Demetrius um, oh, Ostrovsky is a Ukrainian-born circus performer. He is six foot, six and a half inches tall. Those eyes... Yeah, no, he real pretty. Uh, and he's done stunts and stuff all over TV. It is a shame that he is almost always covered in, in extensive costuming or makeup because he pretty. Um, but anywhere they need someone super tall, then you've got Demetrius Pistrevsky. He's a, an acrobat, a circus performer, a juggler. I mean, all of these, all of the things, all of the things. Uh, and now apparently also Darth Vader. Wow. Well, you can't get a better gig than that, right? Right? He's actually played Vader in multiple things. Yeah, he's in Rogue One? Uh-huh. That's hot. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, Vader staring moodily out the window. We cut back to the cargo transport where Obi-Wan is fixing Lola. Yeah, because he's totally doing something nice for Leia and not trying to, like, escape from his uh, issues, right? He could do both. He could do both. Yeah, he's a multitasker. <laughs> God, uh, Leia is all. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> Which I love. Um, right. She's not. Just a quick reminder. This is her first real adventure. She hasn't gone off world. Right. So she's she, not a lot of road trips. Yeah. in her past. So she will learn eventually. Uh, I I don't remember what book it was that I read. I think it's probably a Legends book. But Leia does eventually learn that. These moments where you're in hyperspace waiting to get somewhere are the only moments of peace she's going to have. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only downtime, kiddo. So capitalize on that. Yeah. Um, but she is like, he, she's like, are we there yet? And why can't we go faster? And he's like, I, it's automated. I can't control it. And she says, well, can you use the force to make it go faster? And this is where I would like to introduce a new counter to the show. Oh. The that's not how the force works counter. <laughs> because that's exactly what he tells her like no the force doesn't work like that and this is going to come up multiple times uh yeah i mean i <laughs> not how the force works the the movie that i recall when i hear that line is force awakens when han's like yep. that's not how the fucking force works motherfucker exactly and i love that yep. part so much mm-hmm. i can't wait till we get there in nine years in 20 so- years yeah she she asks him, well, okay, so what does the Force feel like? And she kind of gets that dreamy-eyed look Aww. that she's gotten every time she kind of has that Force insight moment. And I think she's kind of feeling that connection, but that's just me mm-hmm. reading into it. Obi-Wan turns to her and says, Have you ever been afraid of the dark? Yeah. And she nods. And he says, How does it feel when you turn on the light? I feel safe. Yes, it feels like that. Which is the sweetest description of the Force I've ever heard. And also, that is not the face of a man who feels safe right now. Nope. He is, he's still, he's having a full PTSD uh, reaction right now. So he's trying to, you know, not think about it too hard. He's trying to distract himself with work. Which, by the mm-hmm. way, hello, I feel seen right now. Thank you hello. very much. <laughs> I'm uh, being called out by this show just over and over. But yeah, it's, yeah. Um, God damn, I love Leia. Yeah. He is so cut off from the force right now that he feels scared. Like he doesn't have that that inner calm or that comfort uh, of the force. And yeah, I, I, I need to hug him. I know, right? Sadawan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he fixed Lola. 
Yay, Lola's back. And he gives her Lola and she's like, Lola! And she looks at him and says, thank you. And he smiles a tiny bit for the first time in this show. <sighs> and it's, but it's such, it's like, it's not, it's, it's not so a forced. smile. It's so forced. It's, well, like, how can you not smile at this adorable child and her delight and having her droid back? But he's so sad and so scared and so, so too many things. Like, I know that smile. I've smiled that smile. Yeah. Where you're, there's too much going on in your head to be able, but you're not going to deny the child the a, a smile in that moment, right? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I'm being, I'm being called out by this thing. <laughs> anyway, so the transport comes in for landing on Mapuzo. Would you like to know about Mapuzo? Please. Mapuzo is a lush, Mapuzo. vibrant planet in the Midrim territories. Midrim? Mm. Lush and vibrant. I like being mid-rimmed. Baby. Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to talk about the juxtaposition of the, the environment, the biome on this planet, but let's talk about your rimming. I mean, let's we've do already that. done that several times in these 100 episodes, so, you oh know. Oh, my God. We can we can talk about it. I don't, know why, I don't know why I'm surprised by this. I don't know why it always fucking... Just knocks me out of my mental train of thought when you're like, "Ooh, asshole joke!" Oh my God. Of <laughs> well, I, anyway. I I don't know what else to say to that. So you've already well, you've done my not, you've done my job for me. You're not with me here. Like I'm describing the planet, and you're like, "I'm in an anus right now." Like, okay, could you be here? That's her brand. Can you be here? I'm describing the planet. When you look at the scene where they're landing, is that a lush and vibrant planet? Uh, no, absolutely not. No, no, it's not. And if you were with me in that moment, you would have been like, wait, Stephanie, what are you talking about? And I would have gone, oh, wait, no, it's not lush and vibrant because the Empire has been strip mining it for a decade. The entire planet is a giant wasteland now, but you've robbed us of that moment. Let's go back to the anus, shall we? Let's go back to the anus. That's the, that's that goes on a t-shirt. Um, hey Steph, do you do you recognize the environment though? The actual environment. Um, it looks like California somewhere. Yeah. Hey. Do you know what show we have previously covered? Filmed there at this exact location. <laughs> is that Agent Carter? Agent Carter, correct. This was <laughs> this is outside of Los Angeles, California, in the desert area. The same ranch area that has been. Used by so many different productions. So Mm -hmm. once again, here it is in Star Wars. That's awesome. Look, it's a really pretty location and And super versatile. And and yeah, and a one hour drive from a movie studio. So there we go. Exactly. Like, why would you not? Uh, Anyway, what the Empire has been strip mining from this planet for a decade uh, has been Ventrium. Uh, We have no idea what it's for. Exactly, but in its raw form, it is highly flammable, and that's something we need to keep a note of. Yay, fire. Yay. Anyway, so um, they've landed on Mapuzo. We see like there's a big man-shaped droid. A loader droid. Walking around. Yeah, the, the whole cargo situation was automated, so of course where it lands is automated. Um, Chris, do you have information? Uh, yeah, this is a loader droid. Yay. That's it. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. Um, yeah, I no. Uh, loader droids are uh, droids that do not speak. Uh, they are considered to be low intelligence and masculine, according to Wikipedia. 
Not quite Ooh. sure why we have to describe certain droids as masculine or not, but that's a topic for another time. I really time. think I really feel like it only comes into play with like the droids that are humanized. Yeah. Like like the Betty bots or uh you know the sex bots or uh or protocol droids. Yeah. Like, that's I, where masculine or femi- feminine programming comes in. Everything else like why can't why why gender got to be a thing? I don't know. I don't get it. Why can't that loader droid be be a thick gender fluid non-binary magical beast? Like Yeah, uh so uh these droids can lift <laughs> up to uh 20 times their weight, which is a lot because they weigh that's approximately if it's believed 5000 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's probably excessive, considering. But all right. Uh, but yeah, they are thick. They are beefy, and I want one. Mm-hmm. So beefy, especially one in particular. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We'll get to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is an automated cargo port. It is not difficult for Obi Wan and Leia to sneak out of there. Um, but then they shortly see that there's stormtroopers just sort of scattered all over this place. Oh my god! They're everywhere. Oh, my God. But Obi-Wan is following the coordinates that Haja gave him back on Dayu uh, to go to where they're supposed to meet. I don't know, the people that are there to help them. And um, he's kind of really fucking grumpy about it. So grumpy. And, like, normally I love that, but not when it's directed at a little girl who has legitimate questions about what's going on. Yeah, because she's never done this shit before. Exactly. Um because Obi-Wan's like, we got to go to this place if it can be trusted. And she's like, why would he lie? Which is a legitimate question. And Obi-Wan's like, people are not all good, Leia. He just snaps at her. And I'm like, <laughs> totally. oh my gosh. But look, that kind of sudden snapping, again, totally, totally a legitimate characterization of somebody who's having anxiety and and sort of trying to function while still in the anxiety headspace. Agreed. Yeah. He like, is he's you're, having you're a, he's, he's having a full blown episode right now, but he still has to fucking adventure. So Yeah. Yeah. He still has to get this little girl from point A to point B. Yeah. And so like he can't just he can't just have a fucking meltdown right now. And the I've, I think I've talked on the show before about spoons. But the spoon theory, yeah, uh, yeah. as a as a chronic illness patient, you know, you spoons is like your finite amount of mental and emotional and physical energy that you have in a day, and so you have to spend a spoon to do a thing. And some things cost a lot more spoons than others. Being able to keep it the fuck together and keep putting one foot in front of the other while your brain is eating itself alive with anxiety costs so many spoons. You don't have any left for nice. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So that's what's happening here. Obi-Wan's about out of spoons, and I feel that. He needs a hug and a nap. Perhaps a hug while napping. Somebody write me that fanfic. <laughs> just, a, just a nice little cuddle fic. Anyway, so he tells her about how Mapuzo used to be all lush and nice and covered with farmers and fields and everything, but the Empire came through and ravaged everything, and Leia's like, I thought the Empire helps people? Yeah, about that. Oh, sweetie. But he does say, well, your dad does? Yeah, there's some people that do, yeah. Yeah, but then he stops, and he stares into the distance. And what does he see, Chris? Uh, This was such a shocking moment when I saw this. He sees Anakin fucking Skywalker, but like Anakin Skywalker in his Jedi hood, in his Jedi disguise outfit. Yeah, he's underneath that robe because he's just wearing one big dark robe. We find out from the behind the scenes thing, he's in the full Anakin Skywalker Jedi garb. Yeah. And also, from Revenge of the Sith. this is the first time they see each other, like in real life, this is the first time they see each other. I know. 
It's the sweetest thing. Yeah. Because that was that filming this moment where he's just sort of standing where, where Obi-Wan sees Anakin in the distance, uh, wrapped up in a robe and turning to stare at him. That was Hayden Christensen's first day on set. Yep. It was so cute. And, uh, the story that Hayden Christensen tells about this is that, um, Ewan McGregor was supposed to be done filming for the day. But he was refusing to leave set until Hayden got there because he wanted to be there for his first moment, his first day on set. They're like 200 yards apart. Mm-hmm. Like, because he's being filmed from a distance, as one does. Uh, and so he, you know, Hayden Christensen's looking over there and he can't see, he can't see which one of them might be you. And so he just goes, Obi-Wan! And he sees a hand go up in the crowd <laughs> and it's just, uh So let's, let's take this moment to pause the episode of obi-wan and talk about hayden christensen and ewan mcgregor okay so that's the same which i want to be in you're right (laughs) i mean at any point from attack of the clones on i just yeah that's it's a good time well out of makeup yeah okay okay out of out of mullet mullet. (laughs) (laughs) Let's, let's get the mullet wig off um but these two hayden christensen to put this in perspective, when he started filming for Attack of the Clones, was 19 years old, mm-hmm. which is very young to be getting such a huge role. And it's also very young to be facing the kind of backlash that he faced oh my God. from the fandom. And Ewan McGregor, having already dealt with it for one movie, uh, took him in under his wing and became like – they became brothers – over this whole process of filming these two movies and Ewan McGregor sort of helped, helped him handle all the bullshit right. that came out of the fandom for these movies. To be clear, there's a reason that here we are 20 years later and we're only just now getting the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. And a lot of that has to do with how atrociously these actors were treated by the fans at the time. Absolutely. Uh, it was bad. It was, re- and this was like before social media was a huge thing. People had to go out of their way to be terrible. It wasn't just like you know sitting on the shitter and you thumb out some kind of fucking bullshit onto Twitter or something. Mm-hmm. This was different. Like you really had to like put together a YouTube video or a, pl- a blog post on your MySpace or whatever, <laughs> or 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 actually mail hate letters to Hayden Christensen. Mm-hmm. Like people, people went above and beyond to be like, you ruined Star Wars and just all over this kid. And that's why, that's why we didn't get them back together again. That's why they were reluctant as fuck to come back. Yeah. I mean, they, when they were doing the media tour for the show and they were appearing on, you know, different YouTube channels and podcasts and whatnot, I forget which one it was. In fact, I think they said this multiple times. So I'm sorry if I haven't credited you for this, but, uh, I remember Ewan McGregor talking about going to celebration with Hayden mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they both basically said along the lines, that was the first time they ever felt love from the star Wars fandom. Right. Which is ridiculous. Right. Because it's just, here's the thing though. The reason why is because the people for whom the prequels movies were made, the children mm-hmm. didn't have access to all the ways to harass the actors. It was their parents or their older siblings who were being assholes. But those kids are grown-ups now. 
Yeah. And those kids were were showering these two with all the love and affection and praise and everything because those these they're their heroes. Yeah. Like this is this they that's their generation. The gener the prequels kids are grown-ups now and that's for who this show was made for. And that's the reason why these two were willing to come back. Yeah. And that's a, you know, you you kind of mentioned something that kind of scares the shit out of me. You know, when hmm. kids of the prequel era grew up, they didn't have access to social media. Right. Well, the kids of this era era do. And they so, do. Yeah. like, and you, you can already see it. Like, when people are bringing up, like, really important topics, uh, there's no nuance. There's, um, you know, even if someone's protesting bigotry, they match bigotry with bigotry and they demonize the, quote, other side. And that's mm-hmm. why I think one of the one of the reasons why things are getting worse and more tribal is that people are trying to match, uh, you know, negativity with neg- with more negativity, mm-hmm. and that's why we're that's one of the reasons why we're regressing. Yes, I agree with all of that. Yes. I'm not sure what it has to do with Star Wars, but I'm with you. But but well, in general, I'm thinking like you know, well, it has to do with Reva first of all because Re- oh, when, yeah. when when that that actress was attacked by grownups and children. I mean, she well, yeah, she shared she shared the screenshots of all that. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a bandwagon thing. Like, yeah. and when when we exist, okay, I retract it. You're right. This has everything to do with Star Wars. Um, because when we when we remove the the necessity to actually look somebody in the eye and say things to them, like the entire internet is made up of dogs barking from the other side of the fence, right? Right. Um, but if that fence disappears, suddenly the dog doesn't bark anymore because. Because now we're talking to each other. Now you can see my face and I have access to you and can slap the shit out of you if you say something. Like, your consequences will be immediate. But on the internet, you know, you can fire off some shit. You can say shit anonymously. Yeah. And and so, yeah, no, it's going to – but here's the thing. I see this with my kids. Um, the actual kids' kids that are growing up in this generation, um, the smart ones anyway, are savvy about it. Like, they know – they know stuff is stupid. They know that people are saying things just to just to be trolls. And they they know how to or at least my kids, maybe it's because I talk to them about these things. But, you know, they know, they know to find nuance and that they know they know where like the, uh, that online is not a good place to have any kind of good conversation about anything. I hope but so. it is a good place. It is a good place to monitor how stupid people are thinking. Yeah, so. I mean, I hope so. I hope I hope the kids of today are seeing uh, us grapple with how to communicate with each other over social media and go, you know what? There's got to be a better way than this. And, you know, we'll see. But I'm not encouraged right now. <laughs> what I am encouraged by is the fact that this show even happened. That oh, yeah. it is possible. It gives me hope for the sequels, the sequel trilogy, that the kids who grew up loving Ray and Finn and Poe um, and whose parents were assholes about it, uh, online, those kids will grow up and and love it. So it's like Star Wars exists in twenty year cycles, right? Oh yeah. We have to wait for the people who for whom the movies were made to grow up enough to have a voice about it. Oh, I I know for sure that's going to happen to the sequel trilogies. Every every time I go on uh, Rise of the Resistance, you know mm-hmm. there are you know young kids scared, nervous. It's a new ride. I don't know. I, I don't know about this. I'm afraid. And in the very beginning of the pre-show, Ray appears and oh. they light up and they're fine. They're ready to go. Like, nice. like that, that connection is real. And sorry, sorry, trolls. 
the sequel trilogy is going to be just as beloved as the original trilogy and the prequels. Sorry. Absolutely. Yep. Sorry. Just well, because. Sorry, not like, sorry. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, I just. It all comes back around. Like, it's all worth loving. Like, why do you have to be like this? Yeah. And if you don't like a piece of the media, if you don't like the the prequel trilogy, don't watch it. Go back and watch something else. The original trilogy didn't get erased by the prequels. You can go back and watch the part that you liked. Yeah. And not... And not harass and hound actors to the point where they hate the thing that you love so much. And it takes 20 fucking years to get to coax them off of their farm in Kentucky to come and do this show. You know what's fun? Hmm. Is that we said this exact same thing in episode one. Our episode one. Our first episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? Did we? Yeah. It's I like, haven't listened to that in a long time. Uh, it's rough. But um, <laughs> exactly. <That's why. laughs> if you don't like something, don't spend your days yelling and shouting and sending hate mail. Move on. Embrace something you do like and live a more positive right. existence. <gasps> okay. That's my- it's because It's because they can't stand that other people might actually like it. And I don't know why. I don't, I don't understand, understand that. that. I don't understand that. Yeah. But anyway, 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 Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen had such a bond over the making of the movies and the dealing with all the bullshit that surrounded it, thanks to the fandom and everything. They're like brothers, and they haven't seen each other for a while, but they're, they both have said the best thing about doing this show, this project, is getting to work together again. And that's just so fucking heartwarming to see. Yeah, when it's I, just I just I love that for them. That scene where they were watching uh, uh, clips of uh, the prequels together. Uh, I know um, in the making so of, cute. I was yeah. bawling. I I like normally when I say I love that for them, I'm being a bitch. I'm not being a bitch right now. I really do love this. For yeah, them. I really. Yeah, I mean, thank God right. this show is made. It is possible to to love that somebody else is happy. Yeah. Like that's a thing that can happen and I feel like we should all explore that and we would and the world would be a better place. Anyway, unless what makes them happy is terrible and horrible and evil then then I'm not celebrating that. Yeah. Anyway, so, so back back into the show uh, Obi-Wan of is staring, <laughs> right? Obi-Wan is staring at the distant vision of Anakin Skywalker and then Leia's voice calls him back out of it. She doesn't see it. This is a hallucination. This is straight up PTSD trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it, it's is it a hallucination? Is it uh, a force vision of the future? Um, who knows? Is it uh, pretty brilliant foreshadowing in the story? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we cut to Fortress Inquisitorius. Steph. Uh, yeah. This looks just like my vibrator. <laughs> Really? Because it says in my notes, I can't even make a sex toy joke about this because it looks so anti-ergonomic, it would hurt me. Yeah. Okay, make it well, you can you make know, it work. You can make it work. Different strokes for <laughs> different folks. No, but uh, I fucking flipped out when I saw this in the trailer and in an ultimately in the show because uh-huh. one of my favorite games of all time is you know Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh-huh. Where you go to this fucking fortress and you deal with the most horrifying experience of my life, which is confr- being confronted by Vader. And oh uh, sorry, spoiler. Uh, but to see this in live action, I teared up and was just completely blown away by how cool it looked. And Reva breathing the fucking drama as she's walking through this whole massive set. I loved it. I loved mm-hmm. it so much. Real quick. So Fortress Inquisitorius. Is on Noor. Yay. 
which is the ocean moon of the planet Mustafar mm. out in the outer rim. So Vader keeps them close, but like not that close. Not, not, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the lava planet, that's my clubhouse. You go sit over there <laughs> on the moon. Fortress Inquisitorius is a heavily armed half underwater stronghold. Mm-hmm. It is the headquarters of the Inquisitorius ever since they got kicked off of Coruscant. Do you know why they got kicked off of Coruscant? I saw something about Vader having a crazy wild speeder chase. I don't know. Yeah. It was in the comics. So look, look, we've talked about this before. Anakin Skywalker is mm. reckless. A bit. And, A bit. you know, Palpatine never, Palpatine was so spared so much bullshit because the Jedi Order had to deal with his bullshit, not him. So without <laughs> right. that filter there, Palpatine's like, God damn it. Get him off the fucking planet. Vader, what can I do for you? <laughs> uh, what can I give you? And Vader's like, I would like Castle Mustafar. Fine. That's mm-hmm. far away from me. Go there. Goodbye. Which is essentially what happened. They're, I bet. Uh, uh, the Inquisitors are fucking messy. Vader is fucking messy. Get that chaos away from me. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and also because Coruscant is really heavily populated. So yeah. like, could you stop? Dead peasants don't pay taxes, Vader. Stop it. I need to build a fleet. Don't ask me where, but I need to build a fleet that has planet killing technology. So, and I need to pay for two Death Stars. Yeah. Yeah. Because why would you build one when you can build two for twice the price? You, you, um, get, you get all kinds of discounts when you buy all that stuff in mass and, you know. <laughs> I really don't think he ever did. But anyway, <laughs> um, the one last note on Fortress Inquisitorius, its existence is a secret from the general imperial public. Oh, yeah. They don't know that the Inquisitorius has this giant fucking prison torture fortress place. Where if they, you know, because we know that the Jedi are being hunted down, but the public just is like, and then the Jedi are removed and they don't think about what happens to the Jedi. Yeah. This Where fortress is what go? happens to them. Yeah, it's bad. Anyway, so uh, Fortress Inquisitorious, Reva is uh, power strutting in. Tell me all about it. Yeah, she just marches, marches through the whole complex. She bypasses. Well, she doesn't bypass. She walks through security checkpoints. Nobody bothers Dude. to ask for ID. How, How fucking cool is that hangar bay, though? The hangar bay is so fucking oh cool. God. In the lobby area where it's all, like, mm-hmm. greenish and, like, there's stormtroopers and, and I assume Imperial officers everywhere. And they all just, like, look and stare as she walks through with her goddamn uh-huh. cape, by the way. Yeah, well. Well, I, I know, I it's know. It's part of the uniform. But uh, did you notice that uh, Fifth Brother and Fourth Sister don't have capes? Yep. I'm saying they could be they could be sithing harder and they're not. They're not. And that's why they're getting passed over for promotions. I agree. You gotta have a cape. Gotta have a cape. Yeah. So yeah. and then she walks into a room I would w- wish to model after if I ever like own a, uh, own a space again and I get to decorate uh-huh. my bedroom, I'm gonna go for this aesthetic, this meeting room aesthetic. I want black polished walls, black floor, black furniture, red track lighting. Nice. Yeah, I want I, yeah, I'll give no. it to me. Give it to me. Okay, you say that, but the first time that you're having to, like, scrape crust, <laughs> crusty leftovers of your last orgy off of all that glossy black and then shine it back up again, you're going to say no. That is a problem for the cleaning people I'm going to hire. <laughs> <laughs> Will you also have windows that view, like, the entire fucking ocean? Oh, my God, that'd be awesome. Because because there's just like sea creatures going by in the background while like there's this whole Sith meeting going on. It's awesome. I love it. I love it. Anyway, so Reva's like, "Hi everybody. Um I think Obi-Wan's in one of the mining systems." And 
Fifth brother is like, bitch, you are trying to take my authority. How dare uh-huh. you? You know, and this is where you realize, yeah, the Inquisitors don't really get along. They don't. And the Grand Inquisitor's not there. Yeah. So now they're going to eat each other alive and not in a sexy way. Yeah. And I, and, and via the Vader comics and other Star Wars comics I've been reading so far, Vader loves this so much. <laughs> well, it's how you keep them from turning on you. Right. Exactly. You keep them fighting each other all the time. Um, because Reva's like bossing them around. She's like, we need to launch probes right now. And Fifth Brother's like, fuck you. Yeah. You don't give me orders. And he like, he like uses the force to like grab her wrists and splay them out on the table so that she almost smashes her face into it. And. Mm-hmm. I. That's what yes, I want please. to have happen to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where do I line up? Is there a cue forming to the left for this? Because. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Can I get that fast pass? That was, um, <laughs> look, the back, the 10 seconds back button on Disney Plus is really helpful. Right. Saying. I, I'm not saying fine. I have that as a, as a gift right now. That I, and to be clear, <laughs> it's not that I enjoy Reva being subjugated in this way. I would like to be in her position. Yeah, I'm, in this I'm saying I would like to be subjugated in this way. <laughs> I I want him to do that to me, right. please. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Right, fifth brother. Reva's hot. not enjoying it. She did not consent to no, this contact. Absolutely not. I'm stating right now, I consent to that contact. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> where do we sign up? Anyway, so Reva throws down on the Vader. I talked to Vader. I, mm-hmm. I'm playing the Vader card. And Fifth, uh-huh. brother's, Fifth Brother's like, you goddamn jerk, blah, blah, blah. You know, so, <laughs> uh, so you know, she's like, you know, Vader told me that I'm the one to lead the hunt. So if you don't want me to listen to what he says, you know, because he loves that. He loves it yeah. when people disobey him. Uh-huh. Uh, yep. What do you think about that, Fifth Brother? And he's like, fine. But I, one of my favorite lines in this episode is from him where mm-hmm. he gets up to her. He goes up to her and he's like. I will get what I deserve, third sister, mm. and so will mm. you. Mm. 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 And at this point, I'm naked. Right. And she says, I hope so. And he walks away. And she's like, I certainly I hope so. I certainly hope so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we actually get to see uh, Imperial probe droids getting launched. Yeah. Because we've only ever seen them like after they landed. Yeah. And like, that fucking noise they make. When they go out and start poking around on a planet. Yep. I've seen that. Yep. So these probes, we're going to see them again, especially uh, they made their uh, introduction. They made their debut officially in Empire Strikes Back. But chronologically, mm-hmm. this is their first appearance that we've seen them. Ooh. They are. Oh, lo- is it? Is it really? I think so. Imperial probe droids. I don't think we ha- I don't think we've seen. No, we haven't. They've been. We've seen uh, the Viper. Other... We saw the Viper yeah. droids specifically at the end of Clone Wars. Right. Right. So but these are different. Yeah, these yeah. are rebranded. These are these are version two point oh. Uh oh the the uh, uh the vessel part of the of these probe droids uh are able to go vast distances from core world to outer rim if if Ooh. if need be. Uh they do contain uh up to uh they can I didn't know this, they can contain up to two complements of Viper droids. Isn't that fun? Uh nice. the Viper droids specifically uh have long distance uh transmitters attached to them which allows them to you know send big pieces of information all across the galaxy so this is how the empire is able to maintain the surveillance state that is 
uh, just sort of the core of fascist oppression, but across a fucking galaxy. Yeah. And even into worlds that aren't part of their jurisdiction. Right. Okay. That's fucking awesome. I love that. I just really enjoyed watching the, the, like the, the, the way that they were launched was really cool. Um, so do you have anything else on those droids? Nope. Is that it? Okay, cool. So back on Mapuzo, Mapuzo. Uh, Obi-Wan is, is informing Leia, remember, we are farmers from Tall. You're my daughter and you don't talk. Yep. <laughs> like, she's like, is it that I can't talk or I don't want to talk? She's like, what's my motivation? I love her. <laughs> Which I thought was adorable. And they get to the coordinates and they are not instantly met by people. So Obi-Wan freaks the fuck out. Like big time. Yeah. And this is this personally uh via uh attacks me because when there's a plan set and mm-hmm. things don't go according to plan, I freak the fuck out. I really do. Right. Yeah. So right. I, I'm feeling yeah. this right now. But it is it really is like this is a level of impatience that we don't see with Obi Wan Kenobi. No. Like he literally they arrive at the coordinates, he looks around, no one's there. Well, fuck, I knew it was all lies and we can't trust anyone. Right. And again, anxiety. Again, he's having he's having a really hard time right now. But that doesn't mean he's right. Okay, that's just why he's wrong. That's why he's doing the wrong thing here. And Leia's like, okay, I guess I'm the grown-up level-headed one in this group. Cool. Yeah, it's true. She sees a transport being driven by on a nearby road and starts to flag it down. Obi-Wan's like, oh my fucking God, no! Right. That's so dangerous. And remember that you don't talk. (laughs) So the transport stops because it sees a little girl flagging them down. And then Leia walks up and she starts talking. She's got all the story. She's got the whole cover. Her name is Luma. This is her father. We got lost. We were out on a trip today. And oh, gosh, we're lost in this valley. Anyway, can we take a ride? Can you give us a ride? That would be great. But who is she talking to? She's talking to a horrible... Cthulhuan mole person. <laughs> so that he introduces himself. That's Freck. Ugh. His name is Freck. Uh, and he is a male Condlurin. A what? Yeah. Uh, so they appear to have been invented for this show. Uh, they yeah. are sentient humanoid beings from we don't even know where because they're so new. Uh, they don't have like an origin planet that's been relevant to the story. Uh, they exist in the galaxy far, far away. Uh, it's basically a human body with a naked mole rat head. Hate it. That face that he's got, that that matches a species on this planet right now. Yep. Yeah. And no, thank you. Anyway, so. Not even interested. Don't even. Uh, y'all don't even ask me if I would try it. I would not. Nope. Nope. Would you, are you, would you fuck the Condlurin? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I would not. You would not? I would not. Well, hey, hey guys, 100 episodes in, we found limits. We're finding all kinds of limits today, yeah. Hey. Anyway, uh, Freck is being voiced by Zach Braff. Mm, I do not have a limit on him, though. Mm -mm. You may know Zach Braff from the 1990 TV series, The Babysitter's Club. Yep. Or perhaps a different club he joined later called the Broken Hearts Club. Y'all don't even know how many times I've okay. seen that movie. <laughs> it is the gayest movie ever to gay. Um, I, having grown up in my cis hetness, uh, had never encountered it before this motherfucker made me watch it in college. Yeah, so it doesn't age very well, to be, it doesn't. To, to be honest. But that's all we had back then. 
<laughs> it, it, yeah, there was a handful, and there there wasn't like it was so hard to find any any gay media that wasn't like, and we're dying of AIDS, like yeah. because that was everything. It was Rent, and it was God. What was the other one? Angels in America. Angels in America was that one. No, there was one that had Jason. Um, God damn it! I think Philadelphia is another one. Uh, right. <laughs> Just you could just keep listing them. Uh, God, the guy, the, the dude from the bald dude from uh, Seinfeld was in one, where again, but which was based on a stage play, where again everybody's fucking dying of AIDS. Yeah, um, it wasn't a, a happy time. Like was, it wasn't a happy time. It was. It was not because this was you know, the it, you know nineties and two thousands. It's the end of the AIDS epidemic, and you know not even over over, but we're getting to where it's survivable. And it was just a whole fucking thing. Um, but the thing about watching this movie for the first time with Chris uh, is that he will quote it while watching it while you're watching it for the first time. I can't help it. It's, so, it's, it's such a quotable movie, you know? It's like Where the one guy gets really upset and his friends gather around him and they're like, oh, we're going to comfort him. And they put on beaches. Yeah. Yeah? What What do they say? Uh, in hell. <laughs> <laughs> No, they say uh, they track say, twelve in hell. <laughs> no, they say Celine Dion, and he goes in hell. <laughs> <laughs> so he puts on beaches. Yeah, it's a whole. I don't remember it that well, but you know, it's tattooed on your soul. So there it is. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Broken's Heart, Broken Hearts Club is really cute. Um. It doesn't age well. Dean Cain is in it. Try and forgive the movie for that. He wasn't terrible then. He wasn't terrible then. He is terrible now. Or he was, but it was a secret. Anyway. Um, Zach Braff is also the voice of Chicken Little in the movies, <laughs> in the movies and the Kingdom Hearts 2 game. Uh, he's in Oz the Great and Powerful, Cheaper by the Dozen, oh, and 175 episodes of a little show called Scrubs. Which I fucking love. Which I've never watched. Mm, I'm, I'm shocked. Anyway, we move on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Freck is like, yeah, no, I could totally give you a ride to the nearest port. And Obi-Wan's like, no, you don't have to. We'll walk. Just give us directions. And Leia's like, shut up. We've been walking forever. <laughs> she, goes, she goes to climb in the back of this transport. Um, and it's and Obi-Wan goes to, and it says in my notes, oops, he has a MAGA bumper sticker. Yes, thank you. I have the same thing. It's like when you see one of those. I mean, like, I mean Empire, Empire. Yeah, when, Empire. when you see one of those like Tea Party, come and take it bumper stickers, and you're like, oh god, I'm dealing with a fucking moron. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's only uh, in Obi Wan's case. It's oh god, I'm dealing with a hard right winger, uh, fascist sympathizer who can get me killed. I'm so glad I'm getting in the back of this truck right now. It's awesome. That's awesome. Um, did you notice that the the shape of this transport was a lot like his commuter back on Tatooine? Yes, yeah. Just yeah. like a big open two rows of seating flatbed. Yeah. It's weird. It's like a standard truck model, you know. Sure. 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 Why not? Um, anyway, we quickly find out that Freck isn't just like sh- flying Empire colors on his car. He is super pro Empire. He's so, he loves order. He loves it. Yeah. Nothing wrong with a little order, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Leia's like, oh yeah, we love the Empire too. Totally. Like she's so <laughs> much, she's so much more comfortable with just lying through her little teeth than Obi-Wan is. I love that. I love it. So they're bebopping down the road and, um, oh no, Freck sees a group of stormtroopers that are waving him down and Obi-Wan's like, fuck. Yeah. And this is so awkward because there are stormtroopers being nice to somebody. And Freck is like, hey, guys, jump on in. And I'm like, what is fucking going on? Yeah. If you lick their boots, they like you just fine. Yeah. That's what it is. That's what it is. 
Uh, so yeah, Freck clearly uh, has a working relationship with these guys. He offers to give them a ride too. And I do want to note, you know, they're climbing into the back of this thing. They are wearing the classic white stormtrooper armor. Yeah. But they're in the field. This armor is fucking ridiculous in the field. It's dirty as shit. It's fucking dirty. I love that. Yeah. I, I love that when that the aesthetic of the empire is displayed is shown to be so fucking impractical for what the empire wants them to do like the design of the stormtroopers is to strike terror Mm -hmm. but it's hard i mean they're still scary but it's hard to like strike terror when you're like dusty (laughs) you know I'm still terrified, and so is Obi Wan Kenobi because he because oh, yeah. he's sitting there like, uh, <laughs> oh, and- the tension in the back of this truck once the stormtroopers get on. Like Obi Wan ends up sitting right next to a stormtrooper. Yeah, uh, hate it. Uh, and I just Obi Wan's tense. I'm tense. Leia's like dooby doo. Like she's she's fine. Um, but we find out pretty quickly these stormtroopers are looking for a Jedi somewhere on the planet. Yeah, and immediately I see Obi Wan like even though he's wrapped up in his uh, disguise robe, he kind of uh-huh. he kind of readjusts it and like wraps it up even even closer. It's like a, yeah, like a security blanket. Well, and like he's covering the lightsaber that's on his hip right yep. now. Yeah, because these stormtroopers are like, yeah, we're looking for a Jedi, but don't worry, we'll find him. We always do. Meanwhile, Obi Wan fucking Kenobi is sitting right next to you and has his lightsaber right now. <laughs> God damn it. Good job, stormtroopers. They are, you know, good little fascist soldiers because they start asking really invasive, belligerent questions of these two people that just happen to be in the same transport as them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, what are you doing out here? What, why? Why? Because it is kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's a little weird. And Leia comes up with a whole story about how they're visiting a place where her dad met her mom for the first time. But, like, her mom's dead now, so it's like a really sad thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and just... She's just fucking taking over this situation. I love her. She is stepping up and I adore her. Oh, Leia. Uh, and Obi-Wan's the, one, Obi-Wan's the one who fucks it up. Yeah, because uh, Leia says at some point, oh, the Jedi, I bet they aren't even on this planet. And then Obi-Wan's like, they know what they're fucking doing, Leia. Whoops. Whoops. Oops, you said her name. Yeah, because the stormtroopers are like, I thought her name was Luma. Uh Uh-oh. And then Obi-Wan has to cover it by saying, um, you know, oh, well, Leia was her mother's name. And he turns to look at Leia and says, Sometimes when I look at Luma, I see her mother's face. Oh, it's true, though. Very sweet. It's true. (laughs) It's very true. The stormtroopers leave. The the, the, Freck pulls over, lets them off. They start driving again. And... We get an, a ding on the Princess Leia Force Insight moment. Yep. Because she's looking at Obi-Wan and he's like, what? And she says, you knew my real mother, didn't you? Like, this whole time, you've been hiding something from me. You've been lying to me. She asks him, are you my real father? Are you my daddy? <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you have to make it gross now? Uh, I, I was doing a call back to Clone Wars. I wasn't making it gross. Oh, <laughs> you didn't do it in the voice. Oh, I'm sorry. You look like my daddy. There sorry. we go. Um, anyway, she asks him if, if he's her real father. And he says, I wish I could say I was. But no, I'm not. 
And he does. That's sincere. That's real. <laughs> yeah. That's so sweet. And my whole heart. And she starts talking about how she's, she always tries to like imagine her real father and what he was like. And Obi-Wan actually starts making an emotional connection with this kid. Up to this point, she's been his problem. Yeah. She's been his burden. But now she's a person to him. And so he starts telling her about how, um, you know, he doesn't know his real family either because when they're, they're they're taken very young to join the Jedi and he only has a few very vague memories. He thinks maybe he had a baby brother. A brother? A brother. And like, I think you would know because the Jedi Order would circle back with that and see if maybe your brother was also force sensitive. Yeah, so... I know Star Wars Legends fans were all amazed that they mentioned the brother thing. I know there's a whole oh. thing. For the record, <clears throat> I don't care. And we move on. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to stop Charles from telling you all about it in our Discord, though. I, I'm, try, I'm, try, I'm trying. I'm trying nope, to like nope. reduce the amount of shit I That's have to That's adorable. Read. You have just added six more paragraphs by even saying that. God damn it. All right. Yep. Anyway, um... So, you know, he talks about how, you know, he gets taken away from his family. But it's not that sad because, you know, you get the Jedi Order and they're your new family. And it says in my notes, and now they're all dead. Yay. Yay. Like, Yay. Uh. Fucking Star Wars. Star Wars. Anyway, yeah. this heartwarming moment interrupted by the Empire, as all heartwarming moments in Star Wars are. Yeah. Because they are pulling up to an Imperial checkpoint. With a cool laser gate. Yeah, it's a really cool laser gate. Here's my problem with the cool laser gate. Yeah. It's just across the road. Yeah. You could just walk 10 feet to the right and go around it. You know, um. What? What you got? I got nothing. <laughs> no, actually, now, for- um, if I, I, that, that topic came up yesterday. Um, I, uh-huh. if you kind of pan back, the road is kind of up on a, on the spine of a hill and it's not necessarily easy just to like quickly walk around um no on foot you could totally get around the fucking thing the transport can't get around right the transport on foot so i've gone hiking out there a bit you really don't want to go on the side of one of those uh hills uh, cliffside because it's not stable you could fall you could slip no that's to the left to the right you could literally just walk around to the right. Like there's space to the right. there. You could to the just front. to the front, to the bite, to the bite. Sorry. What? No, keep going. <laughs> no, I, I know what you're saying. I, I just I think the quickest and easiest way to get through is to go through the laser gate. I mean, if you want to drive, sure. Yeah, yeah. And we'll we'll talk we'll talk about my bone of contention with it in a minute. Anyway, nice. they pull up to this laser gate. There's a bunch of stormtroopers there, and they're like, "Hey, Frag, how's it going?" And Frag's like, "Oh, it's cool. Hey," and he like reassures uh, Obi Wan and Leia, or rather uh, Ben and Luma, or whoever they are, Odin, Odin, I think, or something like that. Whatever his fucking fake name is, it doesn't matter. He reassures passengers uh, that it's okay, it's cool. This won't take a minute. I already know these guys. He hops out of the transport. And he walks up to them and totally fucking rats them out to the stormtroopers. I fucking hate him. This fucking guy. So he's like, you might want to check him out. They're kind of, they're suspicious. And Obi-Wan senses the change in the air and pulls up his hood. Of course. Because hood of, hood of disguise, like you do. And they get fucking cop-walked, you know? Like, the stormtrooper comes up to the back and is like, All right, step out of the vehicle. I'm like, oh, no, everybody's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing good ever starts with step out of the vehicle, okay? Nothing. Not even porn, Chris, stop. Not even porn. 
Nope. No. Nope. Nope. Anyway, so Obi-Wan uh, and Leia move to the back, and you see as Obi-Wan is climbing down, he loosens his uh, his blaster holster. Hmm. He is preparing for violence. And he and Leia are standing there, and everything's fine until the probe droid comes around the corner. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's all... I hate the noise that they make. I love it, but I hate it, too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Anyway, so what's the probe droid doing? Yeah, so the Viper droid starts to scan his face because it's looking for Obi-Wan. And guess who it just found? Um, Right. And it starts to send a transmission. But Uh that's when Obi-Wan's like, fuck this, I'm out. And he starts blasting. (laughs) (laughs) And he just starts blasting. And it's pew, 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 pew. And, you know, for a guy who is on the record as thinking that blasters are super uncivilized, he's really very good at it. He's really good at it. It's uh, kind of hot. It's hot. It's hot. It's real hot. He takes out the droid. He takes out the stormtroopers that are right around them. He turns around and shoots the one that was at the top of the little tower by the gate. That guy falls on the laser gate and gets cut in half. It's a kid's show, ladies and gentlemen. It's a kid's (laughs) show. It's not a kid's show. Again, again, Obi-Wan Kenobi is not a kid's show. No, it's not. It's not. This one is for the grown-up prequel kids and who are adults now. (laughs) We have seen people get cut in half before, so it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, and because it is a laser gate, the wounds are cauterized, so it's not bloody. Star Wars is never bloody. No. 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 Uh, yeah, Darth Maul wasn't bleeding all over the place when he was falling no. down. <laughs> because because lightsaber. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the fracas goes out. I believe Freck fucking gets taken down at one point. Uh, everyone just punches his ass and knocks him out. Well, yeah. he deserved it. Yeah. Um, one of the troopers gets a hold of Leia. Mm-hmm. And is pointing a blaster at her and is telling Obi-Wan, put the blaster down. Put the blaster down. And, and and Obi-Wan's like, okay, okay, I'm putting it down. He almost has it on the ground. Pew! Shoots that fucking stormtrooper. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I fucking love him. Anyway, uh, Leia runs to him, all scared, as she should be. This is terrifying. Here's where my problem with the gate happens. Okay. They're on foot. Yeah. They're going to proceed on foot. He's not planning on going back and stealing this transport and driving away. Why didn't he just walk around the gate? Because it's cooler to shoot the gate and walk through. It's cooler to do a Luke Skywalker callback and shoot the gate. Correct. Shoot the controls on the gate to to turn it off. I know. And it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) I like it. But, like, could have just walked around it. Or we could have extended the terrain in some way to make it look as though this gate is actually an impediment to forward progress. Mm. Which it's not. It's not. <laughs> anyway, so he shoots the, the gate turns off. They're about to make their can we, running actually, down the Actually, road. can we pause for a second? I am shocked by this assessment because you have a cat. Uh-huh. Right? Yes. Your cat, Boomer, I, yes. and my cats have all done this. God, is she in here? No. I don't know. Uh, it, She's not. We're did fine. I just summon? Did I just ahead. summon her? Did she appear? No, I just. We need to get this conversation over with before she comes. I in. know. She's, she's she going to smell what we're talking about. She senses it. something. You know, goddamn yeah. well that that cat will take a very unnecessarily complicated route, or uh-huh. a, a route far too direct that it's inconvenient. Um, instead yes. of doing the logical thing, which is go around stuff, move forward, and stuff like that, I'm just suggesting uh-huh. that maybe Obi Wan Kenobi is like a cat. Sure. <laughs> okay. And you did. You summoned her. No, we're fine. 
Hi, Boomer. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Steph. <laughs> she really did just poke her head in the door and look at me. She's Are you talking about okay. me? Oh, my Are God. Are you talking about me right anyway, now? Anyway. What about now? So the, the gate is off, and they're they're making a run for it. They're booking it, except, oh, no! More stormtroopers have pulled up. And my heart sinks. And now I'm thinking, God damn it, they're fucked now. They're so fucked, they're gonna die. All the stormtroopers, there's three of them. One of them is, has got a feminine voice, which is always nice to hear. Um, and it, except that, you know, equal opportunity employer of the Empire, yay! Yay, they're still gonna die. <laughs> and they're yelling at him, get down on the ground, you get down on the ground. And then a sexy Imperial officer lady walks off mm-hmm. of the transport, too. She's walking up behind them, and Obi-Wan and Leia have been, are face down on the ground. Obi-Wan is expecting to die. We're expecting them to be executed straight into the sands of Mapuzo. We hear a pew, but are they dead? No. The stormtroopers are. Yes. Double cross. The double cross. <laughs> the sexy Imperial officer lady kills the other troopers, and she's like, hi, okay, I can, I'm going to take you the rest of the way. I'm here to help you. Let's go. Yeah. You were supposed to be at the meeting spot, by the way, Yay! and you weren't there. What? Yeah, that's a whole thing. That's some and double she'll, agent she'll shit. Read him, she'll read him a riot act about that in a minute. I but love first, that. But first, we have to cut back to Fortress Inquisitorius. Where all the Inquisitors are being cooperative and working together and formulating a plan. I mean, a little now. <laughs> because they got that partial transmission from the Viper Droid on Mapuzo. Yeah, so Reva's like, they're on Mapuzo, and Fifth Brother's like, okay. And she's all, I'm going to tell Lord Vader now because I'm his favorite. And Fifth right. Brother's like, I already told him. <gasps> and meanwhile, uh, a second sister? Fourth sister. Fourth sister? I'm sorry. Fourth sister's like, God damn, I, can we just get some fucking work done? Right. Fourth sister's like, you were right. He was in the mining systems. Like, fucking, can we just... <sighs> uh, okay, lock down the port. Let's do all the shit. Let's bait the protocol. You two go fuck or something. I'm done. Can we just get this out of your system? Yeah. For the love of God. I love Fourth sister. Me She's too. She's just trying to do her fucking job. Exactly. Anyway... Um, but before we can leave this scene, Riva has to lean into Fifth Brother, who's very smug about having already told Vader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Riva says, You want to take the credit, you go right ahead. But we both know who'll be standing by his side when this is over. Ooh. <laughs> Not either one of you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, they need to bang it out. Um, all the ports on Mapuzo have been shut down. We move on. Yep. Meanwhile, back on Mapuzo, uh, the sexy Imperial lady has taken Obi-Wan and Leia into like a town, a little mining town that's there. Uh, she's got them hiding in an alleyway. And that's where she tells him, yeah, I showed up at the coordinates where I was supposed to meet you and you weren't there. Uh, so then I had to look for you. And Obi-Wan's like, oh, I didn't think anybody was coming. Yeah, honey. Your absolute refusal and inability to trust others is actually very unhelpful right now. <laughs> Uh, Let's start evolving, shall we? A uh, shout out to the Imperial Transport that we see in the background that makes makes its a, a, a debut in Rogue, Rogue One. So I like that. That was a nice touch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, hey, let's talk about the sexy Imperial lady, shall we? Oh, please. So we will learn uh, over this episode, her name is Tala Durith, and she is played by British actress Indira Varma. My God. I know Indira Varma best uh, from Dragon Age Inquisition. She is the voice of Madame de Fer Vivienne, mm-hmm. first enchanter of Montsimard and enchantress to the Imperial Court. And I love her. 
Oh my god. Others may know her better as Ilaria Sand from Game of Thrones. She's been acting and voice and doing voice acting since the mid-90s. Some highlights from her resume. Um, Little Britain, Torchwood, Rome, Luther. Uh, she was in a very fun, tragically short series called Human Target. Mm-hmm. Fucking great. And most recently, in The Legend of Vox Machina, she is the voice of Lady Allura Vysorin. Oh, that's right. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Mm. Mm. Yep. She's fucking great. I just, I really, I really like Indira Varma. I was so excited to see that she had been cast in this. Me too. She's just a goddamn delight. So, uh, scrolling back in my notes, hold on. There we go. Okay. Um, so the whole empire, everything is on high alert lockdown in this town, right? Mm-hmm. She tells them, I've got a pilot who has agreed to transport you off of here. They're not leaving for a few hours, so I need to find somewhere to stash you. Okay. Okay. You guys stay right here. I'm going to go make sure it's ready. She toddles off, leaving Leia and Obi-Wan alone in the alley. And Leia is is looking, she's looking like she's feeling some kind of way. She's sad. She's has is, is in a state of fear. Um, she's starting to regret everything. She tells Obi-Wan, I didn't mean to run away. It was just for fun. Um, and she, right. you can just see this guilt, like this, like she's realizing that her actions impacted all these people, all these people she didn't even know. Right. And she wants to go home now. Well, yeah, this is where, because like last episode, Leia, Leia was very self-centered in her, in her view of, of this whole situation. Um, you know, I've been kidnapped. My father will come rescue me and then I will go home. But now she's seeing that it's so much more complicated than that. And she's responsible by her actions for what she did. Nobody else is holding her responsible, by the way. She is a 10-year-old child. Yeah. Nobody else is saying, God, Leia, you did this to us. That's not a thing. But she is growing up very quickly, as happens in traumatic situations, and is starting to see that this is she's taking responsibility for this. Wow. Now, Obi-Wan is crouched down in front of her and trying to comfort her, which is something that he's starting to do now, now that she's a person um, with like real thoughts and real feelings and stuff. They're they're developing more of a relationship. And it's really cute to see you and McGregor talk about this because he's a girl dad. Mm-hmm. He has five children. Good God. The first four of them were girls. Good God. only his youngest is a boy so he is the father of four girls he knows a thing or two but obi-wan does not and so he like he and vivian lyra blair met for the first time of course on this show and so they didn't know each other very well when they first started filming together and this show was filmed mostly in chronological order right so their relationship has been able to grow between them as actors, has been able to grow as Obi-Wan and Leia's relationship grows. I love through that. this. And that's that's really beautiful. And that was a really that was a great decision, uh, I believe, on Deborah Chow's part and the produ- the production team for for the child actor's sake to do this as much in timeline order as possible. So that she can grow through through that whole process. It's really great. Um, so yeah, you and McGregor, girl dad. I just, which makes it more attractive my, to me, even though I don't have children. You know, I, right? I just uh, uh, like I'm fanning sir, myself right now. Sir, my ovaries are done. <laughs> We're not doing this anymore. This womb is closed. But like, <laughs> you're you're a girl dad. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's talk about that. <laughs> it's just so, it's so hot. It's so hot. 
Anyway. I love that. Um, so they have that lovely moment and sexy Imperial lady comes back and is like, here, I'm going to hide you in this droid maintenance shed. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, dr- maintenance shop I have in my notes. But yeah, either sure. way, they uh, they run inside. Uh, Tala mentions that no one comes in here because it's a totally automated droid shop. Uh-huh. And we meet my favorite, Ned B. Ah! Ned B. I forgot to make a note of who is inside the Ned B suit. Hang on. Whoops. How- I, I'm terrible. How dare you. You know what? I will research that next time because he has a much more significant role. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. So- That's me kicking that can down the road, huh? Ned B uh-huh. is, you know, it's not a sexual thing for me. It's a, it's a big... Big thick droid, but the way that the droid moves and looks at people, it 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 could, it's so sweet. It's so sweet. I feel yeah. like he can protect me forever, and that's that's what I love about Ned B. He's so fucking great. It's like he's got the the same sort of loyal dog vibe as R two D two. Yeah, but like if R two D two is a an angry, heavily armed Chihuahua, <laughs> uh, Ned B is a Saint Bernard. Yeah, I agree. You know, so. <laughs> but Leia comes face to face with Ned B and looks up five miles at his face and is like, whoa. And um, sexy Imperial lady introduces them and says, this is Ned B. And so Leia says hi and Ned B doesn't say anything. And that's when we find out loaders are not allowed to communicate. Yeah. And Leia says, but what if he has something to say? Actions speak louder than words. I love that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm preemptively crying about it. Um, there's nothing to be sad about. Everything's nope, fine nothing, and Ned B lives nothing, forever. Nothing bad happens to Tala or Ned fine. B. Nothing whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he opens up a secret compartment in the wall and we find a safe house. A safe house? With all a kinds of writing house. on the walls. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out that Tala works. Well, we don't know her name is Tala yet. Fuck it. Her name is Tala. Tala works with uh, a group that calls themselves The Path. That's I don't so know anything about. weird to me now. Why? Um, I am reading phase two of the High Republic, uh-huh. and there's a group called the Path of the Open Hand. Okay. Let's just say they're not nice people. Yeah. So this, the path is just a word that exists in English. I, I guess and so. And can mean different things. At different oh, absolutely. Times. It's just weird it's- to have like a, 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 a newer group using the word path, but I am psychologically associating my, my, my brain's going to... This evil group of cultists that are a bunch of bigots that are trying to kill every force user. Oh, that sounds so fun. Okay. Yeah. So the path is helping people uh, who are being persecuted by the Empire escape. And so it's like this, for lack of a better correlation, it's like an underground railroad situation. Yeah. And um, a lot of the people that they're moving are force sensitives, especially kids. And a few Jedi, she tells Obi-Wan he's not the first Jedi to be through there. What? Yeah. And so there's all this, like, people, clearly anybody who comes through this room carves something into the walls, right? Mm-hmm. And Obi-Wan sp- sees something on the wall and he goes, Quinlan's been here? What? <laughs> Quinlan Voss lives. Quinlan Voss survived the purge and now he's helping the path smuggle younglings. Quinlan Voss uh, in a Star Wars live action when? Hello? Right? Please? Please? When do we get to have him? I'm- Why haven't we had him? I want him. Oh, I want him. Yeah. Throw a leg right over that. I will take Asajj Ventress's sloppy seconds. Don't think <laughs> I won't. Oh, 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 yeah. Anyway, Quinlan apparently carved into the wall. Only when the eyes are closed 
Can you truly see? See what? The way. It's such a moment of... And again, Ewan McGregor's so fucking good. The look on his face when he realizes that not only is Quinlan Voss alive, but Quinlan Voss is helping people. He's still a Jedi doing Jedi shit. He's still doing Jedi shit. And like, Mm -hmm. this clearly never occurred to Obi-Wan. It never occurred to him that people might have survived, that people might not be exiling themselves in the middle of nowhere to just sit on their ass and and do nothing for a decade, which is what he and as far as he knows, Yoda have done. Yeah. That there are actually still Jedi being Jedi in the world. Like this is a fucking new revelation to him. And and it's it's a shock and it's it's a delight. And there's like a mix of hope and a little bit of shame and all of this going on in his face. It's so fucking good. So fucking good. Yeah. Uh quick quick call out to this conversation mm. when Tala says, you know, you know, we're not obviously not helping Jedi that much anymore because there aren't that many left. And But the right. Empire is still looking for Force-sensitive children. Another fun aspect of fascism, kids, is the fascist government looking for a minority group, hunting them down, and collecting them. Yes, for whatever their nefarious purpose may be. Because Tala says, we don't know what happens to them after that. Yep. Whatever it is, it's not good. Yep. It can't why, be good. That's why one of the reasons fascism is so bad, and I really wish uh, you know people would wake up and try to stop it. But you know, yeah, some well, of us are. Yeah, we're trying. We do the best we can. Yeah. Anyway, this moment interrupted again by the Empire. Uh, yeah. There God are damn it. there are stormtroopers at the door, and so the humans hiding in the safe house can only listen as Ned B goes to open the door and lets the troopers in. And the troopers start searching and they start, one of them starts questioning him. Yeah. And just like, murmur, murmur, murmur. Are you sure you haven't seen anybody? Blah, blah, blah. And the camera, and Ned Beach is kind of looking around like, I am a stupid droid. Yeah. I don't communicate. He's got a hammer behind his back. Mm. He is fully prepared if those troopers get anywhere near the entrance to the safe house to fucking murder them. Yep. And let me tell I, you, if that loader droid swings with all his strength at your head. Oh, yeah. You're going to die. You're fucking dead. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love him so much. Uh, anyway, the other stormtroopers like, don't fucking ask him questions. They don't talk. Yeah. You jackass. And they leave. Whew. Okay. Yay. And that's that's the last time we're going to see the Empire in this episode, right? You are so cute. Um, <laughs> the appearance of the stormtroopers here, though, does sort of light a fire under Tala. She gets on the comm. She's calling the pilot. She's like, look, we're compromised. We're coming right now. I don't care if you're ready or not. We're going. Mm-hmm. Um, and Leia's watching her. And I guarantee you, though Leia has had Brea Organa as a role model, who is an amazing woman. Yep. And, and powerful and all of these things. She's never met a woman like Tala. No. Her, mo- uh, her mom is a politician, uh-huh. and Tala is a straight-up adventurer. Yeah. She's, mm. like, changing out of her imperial uniform and getting into adventurer gear. She puts on a holster, and uh, and she's not she's not doing like Obi-Wan's been doing this whole time, which is discouraging Leia from any of the adventure parts. Right. Tala's actually like, I put my holster over here for a quick draw. She's, like, explaining. Yeah. And sharing the, the knowledge of how to adventure with Leia. And Leia's like, cool, will you teach me how to shoot? And Obi-Wan's like, no, 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 no. Not, um. yeah, yeah, not, not right now. Not right now. And, and Tala's like, you know, she's going to be a fighter someday. And girl, you 
You don't even know. You don't even know. Oh, my God. Anyway, Obi-Wan asks her, why are you doing this? And she says that she joined, Tala says, that she joined when the Empire stood for something. But by the time she realized what they were really about, it was too late. And she says, I made some mistakes. And Obi-Wan says, we all did. And she goes, I can't imagine Obi-Wan Kenobi doing anything wrong. <laughs> oh, 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 girl. <laughs> Let me, I got oh, some shit to say to you. <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, let's back up. But I, but it's really sweet that you think that. And I appreciate that about you. Anyway, she opens in a little interior door and we find apparently there's a maze of tunnels under Mapuzo because it's a mining planet. Yep. Of course there are tunnels. Of course this there is are probably tunnels, old yeah. mining, old mining shafts and stuff. Anyway, um, they're about to go into the tunnels and declare fair escape from the whole situation, but Obi-Wan stops. He's like, it's like he's having a stroke. I have in my notes. <laughs> he can't fucking breathe. He's got a thousand yard stare, but he's not seeing anything in front of his eyes. There's panic. Just pure, unadulterated terror in this man's face. He goes all the way out of the safe house into the fucking shop, and he's looking out the window at the street. He senses something out there. And then, and you can hear distant screams ugh. outside. And what else do we hear? Breathing. The, the Vader breathing. The Vader breathing. Steph, I, did you see this coming the first time you saw this episode? With Vader? No. The, the, no. The, no. Um, I again, it's one of those scenes where I thought we were going to see, you know, a little bit of Vader here and there, but we we wouldn't see him in his full glory, if you want to call it that, until like the very end. Right. I really thought this was going to be a lot more about like the Inquisitors hounding Obi-Wan Yeah, for a while, not Vader getting the memo that they know exactly where Obi-Wan is and showing the fuck up. But obviously, of course, of course he would. Of course he would. And this is probably one of the most horrifying scenes Dude, in any Star Wars I've ever seen. It's so well done. Because mm -hmm. again, this show saw the hallway scene in Rogue One and went, we can top that. And they did. We've Easily, the shit out of effortlessly. That. The reveal of him in this scene is so horror movie perfect. Mm -hmm. Because first we hear the breathing. And then we see that the Inquisitors are there and they are very much at attention, eyes down. We don't look him in the eye. Nope. I imagine there is a solid do not look Lord Vader in the eyes policy in the Inquisitorius. <laughs> don't do it. Don't fucking do it. Don't fucking do it. And then we see the boots with the cape. With the goddamn cape. <sighs> and then the camera starts to pan up and you see like the light panel on the chest and there's no fucking denying it now. It's Vader. It's Vader. It's Vader. There's his face. It's Vader. Oh my God. And he and he comes into town. And he's like, hi, everybody. I'm just here to calmly look through everybody's house. I'm not going to do right. anything fucked up. And that's it'll be, be fine. Yeah. yeah. No. 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 So no. Obi-Wan uh, grabs Leia. He's like, would you get back in the fucking safe house? Right. Like, she needs to go. He's like, go, 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 go. But he goes back to the window because he cannot take his eyes off of Vader right now. This is the first time Obi-Wan has ever seen Darth Vader. In it, well, in, in his armor, right? Exactly. It's, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Because he's hiding on Tatooine. Of course, he's never laid eyes on the man. Right. I mean, maybe there's been images on the hollow. You can you can imagine that maybe that's a thing, but this is the first time, <laughs> right? No, this is the first time he's seeing him, and he just cannot, he can't fucking look away. The dread, the fear. 
and it, there's music playing over over Vader's entrance, and Vader's walking in, and he's doing you know the power strut, and that's how he walks, and then the music stops, and you see Lord Vader's helmet tilt a little bit, and Ugh. oh my god, nope, that is that's how you know that's the moment where he sensed Obi Wan, he knows he's there, he knows he's hiding. Now, could he just go, hey Obi Wan, will you come out here, please? Yeah. What? Why? He could just do that. But why? Why? But Where? why? No. He is going to summon Obi Wan, but he's going to do it with style. The he's the drama of the Sith. I fucking oh, hate it. My God! But here's the thing: we, as an audience, are already very familiar with the drama of the Sith. Like we have a certain level of comfort with what they do, right? And even up to this point. In this show, we've already seen that they will publicly hang up a man's corpse as a message. Right? Right. These motherfuckers are bad. So whatever Vader's got to do, it's got to go above and beyond any Uh, of that. Yeah. I'll say. And casually, without even trying, just sort of improving on the fly, he just, just sort of like, yes, ands up an atrocity real quick. This right? fucking guy. Okay. So the first thing he does is because everybody in this village is now staring at him, obviously. There's a window with a family looking out the window at him. So he just reaches over with the force and grabs the dad. Oh, and it. rips him out the window of his home and is holding him up in the air. What he's trying to do is torment the innocents and that will draw Obi-Wan out. Draw out the Jedi. Right. He doesn't know that the Jedi has a different mission yeah that is more important to him than these random people in this village but anyway he's trying to dry out the jedi because remember the jedi will hunt themselves you know that's like on a motivational poster in the inquisitorious break room (laughs) 14 days since betrayal (laughs) (laughs) zero (laughs) days since our last (laughs) sith on sith betrayal zero Zero. yeah pretty much it's always zero actually it's never changed um anyway he force grabs this dude he's holding him up in the air and then the dude's like teenage son comes running out of the house saying dad vader with the force snaps the kid's neck like wow like that was shocking yeah, it wasn't just shocking to us. They cut to the Inquisitors. Reva's jaw legit dropped. Yeah. And it's it's hard to tell if she's impressed, horrified, something. Yeah, she reacts badly to watching Vader kill a child. Hmm. Weird. Hmm. And she's the only one. You can see the other two Inquisitors. They don't react at yeah. all. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Vader's tormenting people out in the street inside the, the repair shop. Tala's like, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. Obi-Wan grabs Leia and says, you need to go with Tala. Turns to, and, and <laughs> Leia's like, what? He turns to Tala and says, promise me you will get her to Alderaan. Oh, no. Yeah, because he knows Vader senses him. And he will only lead Vader directly to Leia at this yeah, point. At this point. He can't, and he can't go with her. He cannot allow Anakin Skywalker to find his daughter. Uh. At this point, when the only thing that the Inquisitorius will do to that child is turn her into one of them. Mm-hmm. No, he has to do literally anything to prevent that. So thank you, Tala, for being here. Uh, you take girl, go. I'm going to lead them away. 
Meanwhile, oh Vader is dragging someone in the fucking road, which is, oh. Yeah, he has grabbed a woman by the throat. Kind of like she's she's able to breathe enough to scream about it and is being dragged down the street with the force. And he's about to attack a couple that are like hiding. They look and like children to me. Like like we, 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 we it's so dark it's hard to tell, but like he moves right. some boxes and it looks like there's a small group of people and it looks like he's about to murder them too. Well, he's about to murder them. They didn't read his children to me, but that's, you know, in the eye of the viewer. Regardless, uh, they are spared this day because Vader suddenly snaps his head to the side because over there in the alleyway where Obi-Wan was, he is now looking at an empty space, but he definitely sensed Obi-Wan. Ooh, now Vader is in pursuit. He's going after Obi-Wan. Reva goes to follow. And Fifth Brother's all, "Uh uh-uh, bitch. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently they are under orders to not engage. Instead, they need to sweep the town and search for others. Yep. Okay. Okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. So we see Obi-Wan running along in the dark, and it's very dark. Uh, I had to adjust some settings on my monitor so I could see. Um, but he's running along in the dark. They're like, he's like out in a, in a yard, in a mine yard, like a, a yard of mining. I don't, I'm not a miner. I don't know. It's a quarry. Uh, it's a quarry that they're in. Sure. Yeah. But it's for this Ventrium stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because that'll be relevant in a minute. Yeah. Uh, so he's running around out there and we get the fucking classic moment where you see him like turn a corner and he's coming towards the camera. But then in the foreground, a lightsaber ignites pshoom, right there. And I, sca- <laughs> I scream like a bitch the first time I saw this. Right? Very, very shades of Master Skywalker, what do we do? Right? You know, right? That moment? Um, oh my God. Uh, so- side note, um, hmm. there were a lot of people for some dumb fucking reason that didn't like the quarry area of the scene. What? And I, I, you know, I, I don't know. This is so stupid. What but were their stated reasons? Do you recall? It, it looked, it didn't look cool. It seemed primitive. It looked cheap, all that kind of stuff. But, oh, uh, shut up. I've right. Uh, but I, I found a, I found an interview from Deborah Chow where she was explaining that, um, they wanted to find a location that had some fam- familiarity with like horror movies while also making sure that people were going to focus on just Vader and Obi-Wan. So you want, mm. you really wanted a, a backdrop that wouldn't cause a lot of distraction. Mm-hmm. And I think, that makes sense. I think that they nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Because all you can see, particularly because it's so dark, all you can see, all you focus on is the lit lightsaber. Yeah. And I love that. Like, that's that's and really that's what you should be watching. Don't be admiring the scenery right fucking now, okay? Mm-hmm. Vader has his lightsaber lit. Can we watch him, please? Yeah, if you want pretty scenery, oh, go watch the prequel. Go watch the prequel trilogy. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> anyway, um, Obi Wan pulls out his saber, but he does not ignite it. Instead, he runs. Uh, Dean on the bail bails counter. <laughs> <laughs> he's not leaving the situation. He's leading Vader further away from the Yeah, I know, Leia I know, is. but that's still my joke. <laughs> How dare you? Anyway, Obi-Wan does at some point eventually fucking light his, ignite his lightsaber because he doesn't really have a choice. And we're getting Vader's doing the stalk and taunt. Yeah. You cannot you know, run, the- Obi-Wan. Oh, my God. Uh, the... And then, and then Obi-Wan looks at him and sees him clearly for the first time and says, What have you become? I am what you made me. Mm. Oh, Obi-Wan runs away. <laughs> he runs away from that conversation. We're not doing that. 
Meanwhile, the Inquisitors and the Stormtroopers are sacking the town. Yeah, they've rounded up people that are now, like, like on their knees in the streets. Uh, mm-hmm. Ned gets the fuck out. He's like, I'm out. Goodbye. Um, and something about the way he's walking away without looking at anything catches Reva's eye. Yep. Because, hello, she's a Force user. <laughs> right. Again, ding on the Princess Leia Force Insight moment. Reva yeah. goes to check where he just left from. Yeah. Uh, Which happens to be exactly where she needed to be. And this is where we start, like, going back and forth between different scenes very quickly. Right. Uh, Leia and and Tala are running through the tunnels, and Leia's like, you need to go back for for him. Uh, Right, exactly. Once again, Princess Leia being Princess Leia giving orders. (laughs) (laughs) She's a little bossy, and I like it. I'm Um, here for it. Yeah, and Riva is searching around in the repair shop, and she notices, like, a rack, uh, a skew, and it's the one that's covering the entrance to the safe house. Oops, yeah. they left in a hurry. Um, we cut back to Vader is straight up attacking Obi-Wan now. Yeah, That's happening. And it's obvious that Obi-Wan is out of practice, to, to put it nicely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Vader even notes, The years have made you weak. Uh-huh. <gasps> so, ding, on the Obi-Wan takes a beating counter. Yeah. Gets the shit kicked out of him just here. Then we cut away from that. And Tala and Leia are running down the, ho- the the tunnels. Tala stops. Leia looks at her. And Tala's looking back the way they came. She's clearly having second thoughts about leaving Obi-Wan behind. Leia looks up at her and gets this super grown-up look on her face and says, go. Yep. And so Tala sends her. She's like, okay, well, you go on to the port and the pilot will meet you. Leia gives her a hug and says, bring him back. Ugh. <laughs> Tala goes back to help Obi-Wan. Leia is going on to the port. Cool. Back to Vader and Obi-Wan. Uh, at this God. point, Vader is just manhandling Obi-Wan. He's using a lightsaber. It's one-handed. a whooping. It's, it's a, a whooping. It's a whooping. It's so bad. No, it's not a whooping. It's a whooping. You got that's 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 got a connotation to it. Got it. <laughs> it's an ass whooping. And He's, again, more stock and taunt, you know, saying things like, you should have killed me when you had the chance. And just he's savoring this moment. Goddamn. Obi-Wan's apparent weakness in this moment to Anakin, I've got to imagine, is both immensely frustrating because he wants to defeat his old master at the height of his old master's power. Yeah. But also immensely satisfying. It's complicated being a Sith Lord, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, because, like, yes, of course I can handily kick your ass. Like, I wish you were more of a challenge. I I don't want to beat up a decrepit old man. I want to beat up Master Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, what the fuck is this? But anyway, he'll take what he can get, though. I mean, beggars and choosers, right? Um, meanwhile, Reva has found the safe house where they were hiding. Oh, no. And she's she's looking around in the room. And she looks at the wall where there's been some carvings, and she sees the symbol for the Jedi Order carved into the wall. And she looks pissed. She hears fucking Kill Bill sirens in her head. Yeah. It's wee-boo, <laughs> She starts tearing apart the room, right? Right. And in so doing, finds the entrance to the tunnels. Oops. Fuck. Fuck! <laughs> First time I was watching this episode, I was like, no, 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 please. (laughs) The last thing in the world I wanted was for fucking Reva, fucking dangerous, furious, unstable-ass Reva to find Leia. I know, right? No, 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 no. That's a worst case scenario. I hate it. Okay. (sighs) Meanwhile, Obi-Wan Kenobi's running for his life, yeah? Yeah. Uh, And, you know, Vader says, you know what? Maybe I'm being unreasonable. Maybe we should just have a 
a, a deep and methodical <laughs> conversation and try to get to a place of forgiveness. Yeah, absolutely. That is totally the plot twist that they threw in this episode. <laughs> no, they fucking... No. no, Vader just fucking manhandles Obi-Wan. He fucking force chokes him and takes uh, raises him off the ground. Uh-huh. And then he pulls a bunch of those uh, rocks. Uh, ventrium. All, ventrium. And scatters it all over the ground. Uh-huh. And I'm think I remember watching this again for the first time, going, "What's gonna happen here, guys?" <laughs> and I hope it's nothing traumatizing and right. and fucked up. No, it's exactly that. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Vader ignites everything with his lightsaber, and there's fucking fire. And yep. Vader uh, tells Obi Wan, "Now you will suffer, Obi Wan." And drags uh-huh. him through the fucking fire. What? Fucking force drag. This was, I did not think I would be seeing this with my own eyeballs. Obi-Wan Kenobi being force dragged into the fire. He is screaming because he's on fire. Yeah. Oh my god. And, and Vader goes, Your pain has just begun. And this is an extra ding on the Obi-Wan takes a beating counter. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> then what? <laughs> and then Vader takes the fire out and just let and you know, it's clear at this point Vader's decided that he's just gonna start torturing him. Yeah. So Heather, hmm. look. What? We're we get inappropriately horny during uh moments like this, right? We do. Yeah. And I'm not saying like if if you replace fire with like a bed <laughs> I I I would personally consent to Vader doing this to me. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I That was the, like the most enthusiastic yes I've ever heard you say. <laughs> yes. Uh, I uh concur. Look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was hot. Uh, and, 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 and literally hot because there's fire. But yeah, no, I would say Obi Wan's hot right now too. So look, it's such a fucking flex. That's good stuff. It's maybe so I just think the, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just attracted to the force to force powers. Uh, maybe it's not even the Sith. No, no, no it's, it's Vader Sith. has it's that style. You know, he it's does. Just, it's the fucking style. Yeah. Anyway, Tala has appeared like on a ridge Thank overlooking God. this whole thing. Uh, so she has seen Obi-Wan be set a fucking blaze. Yeah. She's seen that there's a field of Ventrium out there. Um, and, and, and there's stuff. now stormtroopers else- running, running up too. Yeah. She's, Vader orders the troopers to grab Obi-Wan and bring him to him because he's not done torturing Obi-Wan. He's going to take him home and play with him some more, but not in a fun way. Nope. Like in a really terrible way. But then the trooper that's ap- approaching Ob- Obi-Wan gets shot. <gasps> Chala has been sniped him. She's a sniper. Good for her. That's amazing. And then her second shot reignites the ventrium. Except so it's now, bigger now because she set a whole container. On, uh, she yes. blasted a whole container and now it's much bigger. And so there is an impassable wall of flame in between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi. So Tala and Ned B go yeah. up to Obi-Wan and they're they're getting him out of there and they're like pre- prepping a shuttle to get in the fuck out of there. Yay, Ned B is here to carry Obi-Wan out. That's that's super helpful. And Vader just stares and seethes. He's just oh, he's so fucking furious. And also taking the moment to um pose in silhouette in front of a wall of fire. Fuck yeah. So. It's like, "Oh, it's a moment. Here I go." 
It's like it's yep. like it's like influencers and they're like, oh shit, this would be a good selfie shot. Vader's like, you know, there's a bunch of fire right in front of me. It's dark. I'm gonna mm-hmm, look badass mm-hmm. right now. I also think Vader let them go. Yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, he'll chase him down another day. Yeah, he's he's fine with Obi Wan living in pain and terror for a while because we're gonna find you. And if you're being rescued by people, you've got people helping you. When I find you, I'll hurt them too. Exactly. Yeah, no, Vader's Vader's totally down for drawing this out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so and this, meanwhile, this by the way, that is the most Anakin Skywalker bullshit ever. I don't know. I feel like this is new because Anakin would have just fucking charged through the fire. Unless, right? unless like, he has a a, a long term play, and he has, as you recall, put Obi Wan in danger. <laughs> Before to accomplish a a longer term goal, I think I think the moment Vader saw that there were other people helping Obi Wan, he was like, "Okay, there's something more to this. I want to find out what he's doing now. Why? Why yeah. now? Why did he show up?" I mean that that could be it, but I also don't I don't attribute this uh, this newfound patience and methodical planning and thinking. Um, strategy uh as it were to anakin skywalker this is new uh this is an evolution inflicting pain on uh uh, torturing others and hurting others is very much thing of anakin i think i i feel like anakin is much more impulsive than vader oh he has oh i I, you know the impulsiveness came when he was on that goddamn street and he was like starting to pull people out of the but even that was a plan that was a ploy. That was deliberate. Mm. He could have just immediately gone to where he kind of sensed Obi-Wan was, but he wanted to pull him out. No, Anakin Skywalker would fucking kill you. Oh, Vader will play with you like a cat first. Mm. Like, he's not... There's a new level of cruelty that Anakin didn't have. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's what I'm talking about here. Mm. Like, Anakin would just fucking... If he wants you dead, you're dead. But Vader will toy with you and torture you and hurt everyone you love first. And good times were had by all. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, fourth sister and fifth brother get word that Obi-Wan got, is lost. He's gone. Now they need to sweep the whole fucking planet. Um, Leia. We cut to Leia. She's in the tunnel. She's running along, doing her little Leia thing. She's going to go meet the pilot. She turns the corner and she stops. And she's looking up at someone who's clearly adult height. And then you hear a, a voice, a kind, gentle voice say, Don't be afraid. Come closer. Yeah, that's fucking Reva. God damn um, it. <laughs> my worst case scenario just fucking came true. Reva, because it's a whole maze of tunnels down there, Reva managed to get to the pilot before Leia mm-hmm. and killed him. Well, she probably parkoured all the way over there. <laughs> no, because if she had, she'd be there in 10 more minutes. That's true. <laughs> No, she got there. And so Leia's like, are you the one that I'm supposed to meet? And then she sees the body, the dead pilot on the Ugh. floor. And she turns to run back into the tunnels. End of fucking episode. Dun, 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 dun. Don't you fucking leave me on a cliffhanger uncertain of the fate of Princess Leia. She could die. Never mind that I know she's fine. She's fine. Because she's in the original trilogy, okay? And, and it's like, not like, well, Steph, it's fine. It's a streaming platform. They released all these episodes at the same time. So that way you didn't have to no. live through the trauma of no. watch, waiting I a week have week. to wait a week to see what trauma is going to be inflicted upon this child. 
I it's my mommy pants heart can't fucking take it. Okay, it's my least favorite thing about Disney Plus is the big shows they always release week to week, and I fucking hate it. Hate it. I hate it. I especially hated it with this one. Yeah. Oh my god. Best fucking cliffhanger. Congratulations, Deborah Chow. (sighs) I fucking hate it. (laughs) Okay, so scrolling back up through my notes, one thing that I forgot to mention earlier. When Obi-Wan has Vader, like, stalking in behind him, Ewan McGregor has said multiple times in interviews uh, that, you know, they they say action on that set that day, and he hears footsteps behind him, and he turns around, and he sees Darth Vader coming up behind him, and that was, like, primal seven-year-old boy terror. He was legit frightened. Yeah, he's (laughs) not, he's not acting. No, that's that was actual fear. Like Ewan McGregor, again, grew up on Star Wars. Darth Vader is the boogeyman of his childhood. And now that boogeyman is chasing after 51-year-old Ewan McGregor on this set. It was honestly terrifying, yeah, yeah. which See, is you, awesome. Ewan McGregor isn't broken uh, like me. because <laughs> He didn't just like immediately drop to all fours and present. Weird. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, not not all fours. I mean, just my knees or just bend over. You know, I have a I have a back issues now, Steph. So you got to be careful about. You know doing, what? Doing Sacrifices the, for your art, bitch. Doing the puppy drop, you know. I'm <laughs> just saying. Anyway, puppy drop. Anyway, <laughs> so that's it. Do you have anything else? I'm spent. Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 3. Okay. So that means, kids, next time we will be talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 4. Because this series, unlike other Star Wars series that we've talked about, actually was released in order. Thank God. (laughs) Yeah, right. (sighs) And everything will get resolved and nothing bad will happen in the next episode. Oh, the next episode is so hard. (laughs) I know. Oh, my God. Okay, 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 okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Next next episode, we get O'Shea Jackson Jr. Everything's going to be fine. Oh, my God. Mm. Mm. <laughs> oh, my God. My man. I love him so much. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then we're done. We're done. We're done. With we're done. episode. Hold on. With episode 100. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't believe we did it. I can't believe we did it. I mean, I don't want to celebrate too soon because I still have to edit this bitch. But I, we did it. We did it. We it's did it. 100. We did it. I'm, what do we do now? Uh, we keep going. <laughs> I guess. Episode 101. <sighs> what? My God. I- what even is our life, Heather? This is so fucking cool. I never thought we'd get this far. I am going to let myself be happy about it. God damn it. Yeah, let's fucking celebrate ourselves. We have this podcast. We have Marvelous Divas. Episode 50 right around the corner for that one. Oh my god, um, you're right. Oh, shit. And there's a another thing that I've huh. I've I haven't mentioned as often as I really should. I'm very proud of it personally. Uh it's, you know, we've only really done I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. We've only done 14 episodes, so whatever. But um uh, I'm also in a different podcast, uh For Light mm-hmm. and Dice. It's a Star Wars The High Republic uh tabletop role playing podcast where we're actually telling a story and it's a mix of uh, nerdy tabletop stuff and some radio play stuff. Stephanie is canon mm-hmm. in that uh, in that show. <laughs> it's she true. It's she true. plays a, a very important Nihil character, uh, and I'm hoping she makes another appearance soon. 
But um, let me know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, if y'all y'all are interested in High Republic, you like yourself some Star Wars stories, definitely check that out. I've been very proud of, of that show, um, and we just finally finished our first uh, uh, story arc. Uh, so um, yeah, check it out. Subscribe. It's awesome for light and dice. That's it. Yes. Okay. And unfortunately, Charles is on that show. So. <laughs> Okay, are we done? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm going to outro now. Do it. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. For those of you who have listened to now all 100 episodes of our podcast, I don't even know how to express how amazing you are. Like, fuck. You guys are awesome. Um, if you enjoyed the music that was at the top of this episode, that was a gift from a listener of ours named Chorlesy. You can find him on the TikTok as at C-H-O-R-L-S-O-I. Uh, if you would like to hang out with us in between episodes, you totally can. We are so fun. Uh, you can find us <laughs> on all the social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok as at Darkside Divas. If you haven't done this already, what the fuck is wrong with you? Please subscribe to our podcast via your favorite <laughs> podcast platform of choice. Also, leave us a review and please ignore the fact that I just dropped an F-bomb on you. Uh, <laughs> uh, seriously, uh, the reviews uh, help our podcast get ranked a little bit better. So if you can take the time to give us a rating, leave us a written review, we will uh, do our best to remember to read that on the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, we have a YouTube channel under the Dark Side Divas uh, brand. Banner. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, we're going to be. We have some big plans for that channel in the future. We're going to be doing a lot more live shows. Have some special guests because we are not the only thirsty bitches in this world. We have it friends that are just as equally thirsty, if not more so, than us. Uh, uh, <laughs> right. Uh, also, we have a swag store. Uh, of, uh, shit. Redbubble.com forward slash official divas. Uh, we are we have insufferable women branded shirts, arboreal bukkake, <laughs> and all the other greatest hits of our show. Um, definitely ch- uh, check that out if you're interested in pur- purchasing some swag. And last but certainly not least, y'all, we have a Patreon, Patreon.com/forward/slash/divas/podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, five bucks a month, you get video ver- video unedited versions of our show. Uh, Stephanie reads uh, smut. Uh, special one-off episodes like we did a revisit of episode one uh we unfortunately for or fortunately depending who you are did a redo of the holiday special and inflicted that curse <laughs> on more people and so mm-hmm. much more yay it, yay that's everything that's everything okay so we can say bye yeah bye everybody thank you so bye. much yay 100 episodes yay 100 more episodes yay, yay. <laughs> <All> right, bye <laughs> <all>. bye <laughs>